long have you been waiting? Well, I hope I can make it up to you. Give us a minute to get tuned up. Turn it up, John.
up on the mic, repeating two words over and over again. Was this a woman he had never noticed before? He lost himself in the articulated manner in which he said that. <laughs> These two words, little bit behind the beat, mean just enough to turn you on. Every time she said the words, another one of his died were gone. Should he try to rap to her? Should he stand and stare? She and so she said the words till he could take no more. He dragged her from the stage. Together they ran through the back door. In the alley over by the curb, he said, Tell me, what's your name? She only said the words again. What? And it started to rain. Two words falling between the drops. Moans of his condition Holding someone as truly believing Say, there's She said, love me, uh, two words, say it now. What'd you say, baby? Said one more time. Hey, yeah, hello.
right, that was the one and only Prince with a live version of Jordan Repetition. That's off the One Night Live box set. And, uh, man, I, I, I hate starting out the news this way. We already had the news done, this new special spectacular, too. But uh, uh, Prince died today, and I, I'm a huge Prince fan. Before I was even into metal, my first love was was black music. And, and by that, I you know, I don't mean Kanye West. I mean... You know, Prince, Stevie Wonder, Cool and the Gang, uh, you know, Isaac Hayes, shit like that was actually my first love. And, uh, man, I've been a Prince fanatic since 1982. I, I have I, probably the only artist who I have more music of than Prince would be Frank Zappa. And that's simply because Zappa made more. But, I mean, still, I've got probably over 70 Prince albums. And all store-bought. <laughs> Well, except for, like, bootlegs that I got online. But, I mean, just... I've got everything officially he ever put out in bootlegs. And uh, and I, I, I know, Ralph, you're not the hugest Prince fan. But to me, it's it's a, a huge loss. I mean, he, he truly was an idol of mine. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer day for me. Well, I got to say that I do understand uh, how great he is to a lot of people out there. I'm not going to be some phony guy here talking about how great Prince was because I never was a Prince fan. Though I did get a little sucked up into the Purple Rain hoopla and did go to the movies to see the movie, Purple Rain. And um, and I did like, I, there's, there is a Prince song I like and it's one of his hits. But you know, maybe if I dwell into all of the Prince music, maybe I'll find other songs. But everything I've heard, the only thing that really like caught my attention was Raspberry Beret. I love like, that song. Yeah, I like that song. I think that's a great song. Now, uh, I do have a Prince story where I actually was literally two feet away from the guy. And I think I'm going to save that because Ian wants to do a Prince special. And we're going to do a Prince special and air it as soon as we can. It'd definitely be up this week. And Ian lined up a bunch of guests, uh, fellow Prince fans. I will be... I will be uh, involved in it as far as in the beginning I will open the show with Ian but I'll let Ian do it alone because he is a Prince fan and out of respect to all Prince fans out there I'm not going to be part of it because why should I be you know you want the opinions of people that know Prince that 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 were touched by the man so I will be on the show just to talk about my experience uh, where it has to do a lot with you know he opened a show he opened a club on South Beach I'll give you a little gist of it. It was called Grand Slam or Grand Slam, something like that. Grand Slam. Yeah, he opened the club on, and my friend uh, worked it, and he got me backstage. And that's all I'll say. There was a point where I actually, the, and, and I I saw him play a three-hour set that night. And I know it sucks that a lot of people out there that love Prince never got to see him. And me, a non-Prince fan, saw him do a three-hour set. Yeah, now, I, I, I never got to see him. One thing I will say, the guy was an amazing guitar player. That I can't deny. I mean, when I saw him play that night on guitar, I was like, wow, this guy can play. But, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but that's all I got to say about Prince. I understand the greatness he is. This isn't, look, and uh, like when, when David Bowie passed away, I, I, like I said, I wasn't the biggest Bowie fan, even though I did like more songs by David Bowie than Prince, but I saw the effect this had on people. And David Bowie's been a star for 40 years or so. But I could just feel, and it hasn't even, like, you know, 
hit like the main wave, you know, this is still fresh in everybody's mind because we're recording it just a few hours after he was pronounced dead. But I feel this is a bigger story than David Bowie. And and I would say I'm a bigger David Bowie fan, but Prince, David Bowie, let me put it this way. David Bowie is not somebody I saw on my newsfeed. And then after he died, everybody became a David Bowie fan. And everybody had like a, their main pictures, David Bowie. I'm not blaming everybody of being a phony, but I'm just saying I've seen Prince on my newsfeed plenty of times. So I know how much he meant to the people that are on my newsfeed. More than David Bowie, that's for sure. So, um, you know, rest in peace, rest in peace, him and and uh, wasn't it Apollonia that just passed away? Vanity. Vanity uh, from uh, she wasn't Van- in Purple Wayne. It was Apollonia, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He had already he had already uh, split off with Vanity, but at that it was supposed to be Vanity, but uh, they had a falling out, and then he got Apollonia and just did the same thing, you know. And she's now a preacher, right? Or was it Vanity that was a preacher? Yeah. Vanity was a preacher. Okay. Oh, and uh, I also I also enjoyed uh, Manic Monday by the Bangles. Yes. Did he, did he ever Did he ever record a version himself? Uh, yeah. There's li- there's live versions of him doing it. Oh, I don't know about a. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know about a studio version, but yeah, like uh, Manic Monday was one he wrote. You know, was a hit for the Bangles. He wrote uh, Nothing Compares to You that yeah. Sinead O'Connor made I knew famous. That. Yeah, I knew that. And uh, I mean everything like the the time. I mean, he wrote all of their shit. Like, when you hear a time record, the first three, that's him playing all instruments. He wrote all the songs and just Morris Day singing it. Now, you know, the actual band, when they would play live, it was them. But, uh, you know, and there's, you know, Vanity Six and Apollonia Six. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of other bands that uh, he wrote songs for. But I appreciate you, uh, you know, saying, hey, let's do a. Prince tribute, you know, because... Yeah, you know, like, I'm doing this for the fans of the show because I've noticed the podcast page, the, the boy, it's lit up. Boy, I, I, everybody on there is a Prince fan, so why not? You know, I mean, if, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure there's people I like, you know, that nobody gives a hell about, but, you know, I'd appreciate if everybody would, you know... Give me a little, little like a reason to mourn. I don't know. I don't know which way to say it. All I say is that even though I'm not a Prince fan, I am a people's person. So if you want a Prince episode, you got it. And like Ian said, we already did this news segment, and I, I told Ian, Ian, you know, you should, we should tack on, the, we should redo the beginning of the show and dedicate it to Prince. But you know, we ain't gonna get long-winded about it because we're. We're going to do a whole episode about it, but I figure yeah. let's do this now because we're going to air the news tonight anyway, so we should say something uh, nice about Prince. And I was going to tell my Prince story, but I think I'll save it for the the, the episode that uh, should air very soon. Maybe yeah. maybe even tomorrow if I got the time. I mean, not, yeah. uh, Sunday or Monday. If I have time, yeah. I do have to edit this. And it's right. going to be a big undertaking because Ian's going to interview a lot of people and there will be uh, their favorites. Kind of like our Motorhead special that everybody yeah. loved. It's exactly. Gonna, it's going to be like that. So I figure I should step aside because I would just be dead air and let Ian take care of it. It's going to be Ian's show, but I will show up in the beginning to tell you my Prince story. And uh, my condolences to all the Prince fans out there. My condolences to... Everybody related to Prince and, any, and all his friends and 
you know, anybody that was close to him, you know, my condolences to every, you know, all you guys, man, because I know this is a big deal to most of you. It's kind of like, I'm sure you're feeling like how I felt when Lemmy died or how right. I felt when Randy Rhodes died. I mean, right. it's a very crushing experience to, to, and, to lose a, a great musical, you know, God that you worshipped. And Prince, I know, was considered a God and so many people loved him and called him such a great talent, you know, that I... And I'm not just saying just people. I'm telling you, musicians. I know Steven Tyler would talk about, like, I'm talking about in the old days, Steven Tyler would say how he would love to jog to, did he Did he have an album that was the name of a color? Uh, no, the sex album or something like that. That wasn't, yeah. it wasn't released. Do you know what album I'm talking about? This, I would say, was around 88, something like that. Uh, well, there there was the Black album that that uh, maybe that was it that didn't get released and then it was bootlegged and everything. But okay, uh, yeah, he says he loved jogging to the Black album. Yeah, of Prince and and a lot of other people. I, I've seen a lot of people uh, point to Prince as as a big influence to them, and uh, you know musicians and uh, fans alike. This guy was a big force in music and very well respected and there's that's something you don't really see much is somebody that just across the board like you don't really see a lot of metalheads like artists that aren't metal and i know a lot of metalheads that love prince well like you know my friend ruben de la rosa big prince fan. i love that guy yeah, he loved and, and he loved that guy and uh you know and here's something that i, I found so weird uh but i thought it was totally deserved you know, sometimes you go on Facebook and you see like, oh, so and so is doing a live feed. Like Scott Scott Green does that all the time. Like him live on Facebook. Uh, MTV went live. They they took a break from showing uh, pregnant teenagers and and shit like that to actually they stopped everything and just it was all about Prince. Good. And and I was like, wow, you know, uh, Prince. I mean, uh, MTV stopping the bullshit that they do now to talk about an actual musician. Yeah, somebody, well, a guy some, that pretty much paid their bills for a while there. Right, right. Put him on the map, you know? Oh, yeah. Prince was as huge as Michael Jackson back then. Oh, yeah. Prince was like, I remember, man, the 80s, Prince was a big deal, especially during the Purple Rain time. But oh, yeah. it's still, the guy was very mysterious. Like, I remember when he changed his name to a symbol, and it was still... You know, he, he released that album, My Name is Prince, and it became a big deal. Everything was a big deal with this guy. And he was, yeah. a very, and he was mysterious, recluse. And yes. people like that are always, like, uh, intriguing, you know? Yeah. And he didn't do a lot of interviews. And, uh, yeah, it's a huge loss to the, to the music scene. I, I admit, as a guy that's not even a fan, I understand yeah. his impact 100%. Oh, and especially in an era where... You have so few artists who can play a fucking instrument, let alone write their own shit. I mean, Prince could play like 14 fucking instruments and wrote all his own shit. Who were we and, talking about the other day that wrote, that played all their instruments on an album? We and you were talking about this on a, on a prior podcast. You said he played every instrument on the album. I was like, what? Really? You don't remember? Uh, no, right. I, I, no, I drink a lot. But I mean, I mean, there's, there's very few like... Uh, that could do that though. You know, oh, Steve oh no, it wasn't you. It was actually uh, the latest Electric Light Orchestra album with every single instrument uh, performed by Jeff Lynne. Oh yeah, I can see that. I mean, another great, great talent. But I mean, you just don't see artists like that. I mean, everybody now, 
Every, you know, your vocals are fucking Pro Tools. Uh, all your background music is fucking computer generated. It's not actual musicians. You know, you, you know, it's just it's uh, it's so sad. And unfortunately, I'm going to Jazz Fest this weekend. I'm only going to the first day, but like I think it's like next week, and Stevie Wonder is playing, and you know there's going to be like all these great Prince tributes. Right. And uh, the day I'm going, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people laugh at this, but the day I'm going, the main acts are uh, Michael McDonald and Steely Dan, but I'm a huge Steely Dan fan. But. I just recently bought Minute by Minute, the Doobies Brothers album. Yeah, oh, For yeah. a buck. And, yeah. boy, that was a great, easy listening experience, I gotta tell you. I, I love it, though. I, I, like I love that, that guy. I like that guy's voice, even though, again, I can't say I'm a fan of Michael McDonald, but yeah. I like that voice, you guys. It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's soothing. It's soulful, yeah. It's soulful. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And, 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 you know, and that's the kind of shit I, I grew up on, you know, before I became, you know, of, of course my favorite of all time is metal, but I can't deny where I came from, and, and certain stuff I never gave up on. And Prince is a prime example, because for a while it was cool to like Prince. And then, uh, you know, come, come the 90s, it wasn't cool, but I was the guy that still bought every Prince album when it came out, and... And would take shit for being a Prince fan, you See, know. That, that I read that too online, and I'm kind of like, wow, you guys didn't hang out where I did, because where down here in Florida, believe me, you'd get shit if you say something bad about Prince. Down here, he's very well respected. Right. Well, I mean, Miami is 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 such a, you know, my, you know, Miami is the state of Miami. You know, no other part of Florida is like Miami, and it's very. It's hot. Nobody's wearing clothes. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's fucking. Yeah, everybody loves <laughs> Prince down here. I mean, I and you know, I'm not a Prince fan, and uh, believe me, I wouldn't. I everybody I know loves Prince, that I would. I was never one to say, you know, oh, Prince sucks. Well, why? I, I don't like causing arguments. Now, if you ask me, I never said the guy sucked. I always said, ah, there's something about him I can never get into his music, and I tried, <laughs> but I didn't try enough. And I think now I'm gonna be kind of like trendy people. How they were David Bowie, and I'll look into it. I'm not saying I'm gonna like it, but hey, I'll give it a chance because one thing I never did was give Prince songs a chance because when you're as famous as Prince, you do hear a lot of music from the guy, you know. Right. So it's like, okay, I heard enough to know I don't like it, but hey, man, I mean, yeah. a lot of people out there hate Ario Speedwagon, but if they knew what they did in the '70s. It might change their mind because it's a total different band. Yeah. Prince may have a lot of songs I will end up liking. And, and go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, and that's what we're gonna do with this episode. It's gonna be very much like the Lemmy episode, where you know we're not gonna play "Let's Go Crazy" and shit, or at least I'm not gonna pick you're that. Not gonna, you're not gonna play "Raspberry Beret" for me. Can I get a song in? It's the only song I like. Hey, hey, hey if you want to hear "Raspberry Beret," we'll play. But you know what I'm saying? Like even the people I talk to today that are gonna be part of the show. It's like they want to shine a light on, on on shit that the masses don't know. Just like what we did with Lemmy. You know, we didn't play the obvious ones. We played the deep cuts that true Motorhead fans knew. And we're going to play deep cuts that true Prince fans know. And, it, hey, if, if you listen to this show and you hate Prince, fine. Don't listen. That's that's. I mean, I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm going gonna... to listen because hopefully one of you guys will play a song that will go make me go, wow, that's a cool yeah. tune. You never know, and, and and maybe and maybe it'll reaffirm how you already feel, and that's cool too. I mean, not everybody has to like the same shit, but uh, enough of the people on the page, and you saw it today, are true Prince fans, and and and, and we're gonna do this. And like I said, I ain't forcing nobody to listen to it. And if everything goes right, I mean, this week you're getting a lot. 
You're getting the new Special Spectacular 2. You're getting uh, the best of Rocket Metal Combat Part 2. And and this Prince episode. But if you don't like Prince, hey, that's cool, man. Just don't check it out, you know? Yeah, and again, I will say it again. You know, I'm not a Prince fan, but he's like one of those artists where... I mean, I can name a couple artists that I'm not a fan of, but I have some sort of respect for. Right. Um, you know, I can say, okay... I can't get into it, but I, it's hard for me to say he sucks, especially when you're when I saw the guy play guitar for three hours. Well, right. most, most of three hours, right. and he even did a guitar solo and unaccompanied at one point, and he was amazing. And I know a lot of people who who like you know like my best friend in the world, Matt Pasenka. Uh He doesn't like Prince, but he respects Prince. Yeah, I he, respect him too. He, he's like, hey, he goes, it ain't my bag. He goes, but he's a phenomenal musician. He's very talented. It's just not my style of music, and I respect that. I mean, as long as you show, I mean, I mean, certain shit is undeniable, whether you like it or not. I mean, there's like, um, like I hate country music, but there's this dude Brad Paisley, who is a phenomenal guitar player. And as much as that ain't my music, I can't deny this this dude is phenomenal on guitar. And, and anybody who's like a master at their craft. You know, I can have I have respect for musicians. If you can actually play an instrument and play it very well, let alone somebody like Prince who could play fourteen fucking instruments. You, you know, whether or not I like everything, you know, and there's been some Prince shit I don't like. But just like Frank Zappa, they have such a vast catalog that you know, certain times you you might get into you get some stuff, but not another. I mean, I've got a whole instrumental album of his that's nothing but jazz. But I love it, you, you know, it's just, but probably if I would have heard it in the 80s, I was like, ugh, you know? Yeah, and, I, you know, and probably if Prince came out in the 70s, I'd probably like him more, because it's a time thing. Oh, yeah, and... and, you and were, uh, what you said in the beginning of the show, oh, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, Prince, this and that, and I'm like, well, I love Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind & Fire, because right. that's part of my, you know, Prince was not part of my youth, they were, he was already part of my like uh, 16, 17, you know, I'm already, right. I was already m very much into music. But I will say one thing about Prince that he had amazing talent in. You know what that is? What's that? His taste in women. Oofa. Ooh, man. He, Vanity. You know, uh, Susanna love, Hoff. For so many people who like, oh, he's a fag and all, this dude got more pussy. That guy, <laughs> you know? and chicks love, and hot chicks love, like Vanity, Apollonia, Oh um, yeah, he, he fucked Kim, Kim Basinger when she was still Kim, hot. Yeah, Kim Basinger and uh, yeah, everybody, man. Uh, fucking Marilyn Monroe. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, but, guy, uh, a lot, a lot of chicks loved that guy. You know, he was like, oh yeah, uh, and and it was like hot chicks, not you know. Yeah, only and, hot and, chicks liked him. And he was like androgynous, but I've never heard any story about like. Him doing gay shit, but I mean, you by the way he dressed. I mean, like I I know a guy, buddy of mine saw him open up for the Stones on the Tattoo You tour, and he came out like in fucking, like uh yeah, um, like like a little bikini brief. Yeah, and he had like the fishnet stockings and stuff, and right. you know, j just people could not accept that. Oh, automatically you're you're a fag and you're this and that. Meanwhile, this guy has scored. More hot babes, and I don't know how many motherfuckers, you know. But yeah. to me, to me, his music was very sexy. No music gets me hornier than Prince music, and it's not like, ooh, I want to fuck Prince, but it's just the the way his music goes. To me, that is the best fucking music 
of all time. You know, I got a good buddy that that was his go-to. Like he'd pick a chick up at the bar, take her in the room, and and he'd put on Purple Rain, and he'd fuck her. And by the time Purple Rain's over, she was gone. <laughs> you know, but that was his, his mo. I mean, because it is great fucking music, man. Well, there you go. All right. Well, um, tune in to our special Prince episode that will be up in a few days. And yes, uh, Ho- hopefully Sunday, if not Monday. Yeah, uh, rest in peace, and uh, my condolences again to all his family, friends, and fans, and uh, rejoice, and I hope uh, you enjoy what me and Ian just did right now, and uh, a lot of respect. I got much respect for him and his fans, and, uh, you know, I guess uh, this year there was a lack of talent in the afterlife, because uh, there's been too many people that have been taken. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. You know, and it's like, wow. You know, now Prince, and it's like, you know, that's a big deal. Prince is a big deal. You know? But, I, you know, I keep saying, you know, and, you know, uh, all of them are big deals to, to, to certain people, you know, and uh, it, like I said, it's, it's sad. Everybody's getting to that age. You know, the music we love. Yeah, well, he wasn't uh, old, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and for somebody, you know, you know, the results haven't came back yet, but this man didn't drink, didn't do drugs. This motherfucker didn't even eat dairy. I well, mean, you know, he... you know, and I don't, I don't make, I don't mean to make light of this subject, but it is kind of true. People like Prince, like germaphobe type people, they kind of like die young. I say, don't wash your glasses and drink. And just, oh no, I, I, you know? I, I, I say that shit all the time. I see so many people who freak out about shit. I go, you know what's gonna happen to you? You're gonna catch the fucking flu and you're gonna fucking die because you have no immune system. Yeah, you and, know, and... it was very weird like that. I don't know about germaphobe, but just strange. Was uh, Joey Ramone with the OCD? Yeah, you know he caught cancer. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, you know, can't, and, and who knows what happens with Prince? What I'm worried about is I didn't know because he kind of found religion late in life. I, you know, I'm hoping it wasn't something where like he wasn't going to a doctor because of that shit. Yeah, because I heard he had the flu, but a flu, right. a flu doesn't really kill you, does it? Well, some people it doesn't. Like you know, hey. You know, this is all speculation. We have no... I mean, this shit just happened hours ago. But he did make his plane stop in Illinois and in, in, in route to um, to Minneapolis uh, because he was so sick and he had, like, a real bad flu. But you know what? If you're too crystal clean, you, you know, and, and you don't have... Like, like Lemmy, look how many people, if, if they tried to live Lemmy's life, would die instantly. Yeah. But that motherfucker not only had a tolerance, you know, I know he had an immune system. I work with people all the time like, hey, you want to put some gloves? I'm like, fuck that shit, you know? Right. I wash my fucking hands before I take a piss, you know? I'm not a germaphobe. I'm not afraid of this. You know, I'm not a dirty motherfucker, but it's like, you know, I'm not a, you know, either, you know? And I I, I certainly believe in, in some of that. Like, if you... You know, if you have no tolerance to anything because you don't allow bad shit in, sometimes something simple can kill your ass, you know? Right. But uh, enough of this. We're going to get into the Prince shit on the Prince episode. Yeah. And uh, we, we've, got a, we've got a really great news special. We've been, doing, we've been doing so many, like, full episodes. We haven't had time for news. So we're going to do a few of these, like, just like, like, like news shit. There will be, and, there will be another news episode because we're gonna have 
uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have two-hour episodes. So we ain't going to have time for the news. So we're going to do separate news episodes. So this won't be the only news episode. There will be another one coming in the following week or two. Right. And uh, we hope you like it. We know a lot of people like the first uh, new special spectacular. And, uh, you know, hey, you know, and if you don't just care about the news, then don't listen to that one either. But I know a lot of people love that first one. So, and a lot of people seem excited today when you announced it. So, yeah. So, and another thing is like, we're going to go into it now and I'm going to, I'm going to put now unedited with the intro with Ian cracking the beer and everything. And keep in mind what you're about to hear was recorded yesterday before right. we heard this story about Prince. So right. we just tacked this on the beginning. I'm going to tack the, the rest, the full episode that we did yesterday in its entirety, which is no edits, actually, believe it or not, Ian. This was us. There was a part where Ian took a piss and I kept talking. That's how yeah. it, and it's, it came out to an hour and 45 minutes. So, you know, with this Prince song and all this talk about Prince, this is going to be well over two hours. So right. I hope you guys listen. We're go, we go into 27 minutes of, of the rant of Axel and ACDC. So. And we also talk about Nikki Six. Talking bad about uh, the 94 Motley Crue album and yeah. a bunch of other stuff that I can't remember now. And, and in closing, before we get into it, I, I really, really, from the heart, I want to say uh, thank you, Ralph, for showing the respect and, and doing this yeah. and, and, and letting us do the Prince episode. It really does mean a lot to me. I'm being 100% honest. That's very cool of you, brother. Well, that's, this is this is going out to everybody out there that, you know, uh, that, that love the show and I have a lot of respect for it. You know, and and just to show you, you know, there's a lot of people out there that get upset with me and my musical taste. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of people with musical taste that I, I'm not into. But, you know, it's all about respect, man. And that's one thing I always have, you know, is like, um, I it just, you know, what, OK, I'll give you an example. And I don't want to call the guy out, but he's probably listening now. He wrote something about how he didn't like Stormbringer from Deep Purple, right? And then, and then the next person, well, I don't know if he said he didn't like it. I think he said he wasn't too happy with it. Then the person after that wrote how, man, I love Stormbringer. And then I wrote Stormbringer Rules. And then he wrote, the guy that doesn't like Stormbringer, he goes, look, I'm tired. I don't want to debate about it. I'm like, dude, there's nothing to debate about. You're, <laughs> you're right. Stormbringer is lame to you. You know, right. it's not lame to me. And that's how I feel, man. Just because I'm not a Prince fan. I know how much you touched a lot of you people out there and how much you love Prince. And believe me, I can identify because I love Lemmy. I love Ozzy. I love Sabbath. I love, you know, you name it. Judas Priest, Rob Hoffer. If Rob Hoffer was to die today, I'd feel just like you do out there. And I got to sympathize for music fans. Yeah. Especially the music fans that listen to Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Be quite honest with you. I'll be, I'll be honest, Dean. I really don't care for Prince fans that don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> I hear you, but uh, yeah, I tell you, it was it was weird at work today. Uh, like as soon as I got the news, I'm just walking because I'm like in shock, and I, everybody I come in contact with, I'm like, "Did you hear Prince died?" And everybody else was like so, like matter of fact about it, you know. But but then I realized like there's nobody I work with that has the passion for music in general, not just metal, but in general. I don't know. I don't work with people who like are into music like me to where it's their life it's their some and it is to me like not just metal but all music is what makes life worth living you know music movie arts that's what keeps me going when all the other bullshit is surrounding me and 
and a lot of people just like, eh, and I'm like, man, I guess music just eat, doesn't touch you. You know, even people, you would think like, oh, they're a big Prince fan. Like, oh, yeah, okay, what's for lunch? You know, where I'm like, what? You know, but, you know, that that's all the people who listen to this, we all have that passion for music. Whether Prince is your bag or not, we all have that passion or we wouldn't listen to it. In 2016, people listening to three-hour shows about music you have to love music. That has, that has to be your passion, or else you know you'd be doing something else. Everybody who listens to this show, they're like us. Now, you know, everybody has different tastes, but music is everything to us, and and that's what we celebrate. That's what we're all about, and uh, that's all I got. All right, Ian. I'm gonna uh, we're gonna end this now because I'm gonna edit the show and send it to you right now so you can air it tonight. It should yes. be up like one hour after you hear what I'm saying right now. Because people are waiting. They, they were expecting yes. this at 7 p.m., but we had to break in and do this. So let's end the show now and right. uh, tune in for the special Prince episode. And now let's air the show we did yesterday in its entirety unedited. Here we go. <laughs> episode a bonus episode for the rock and metal combat podcast for you the viewer this is a, a special for you since we have all these two-hour shows we don't have time to do the news for a couple weeks so fuck it let's do just a news episode because the last one was so well received and i am dr fuck and with me as always is well yeah yes that's gene simmons from kiss thank you thank you very much all right, and uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Um, uh, I got to say, before we get into the news, well, you know, I mean, we, uh, we usually start the news with news about either one of us. And since now the Beaver Brown Band tribute is on hiatus, yes. I, I understand uh, uh, you guys are being sued again? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. fucking John Cafferty, bro. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, you know, Ian's in the only band, only tribute band that gets sued by the artist. You'd figure he'd be happy. Yeah, no, he, he well, he doesn't want money. He just wants me to stop. He says, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm tarnishing his good name, and uh, I cost him a slot at Ribfest opening up for the circle. So oh, I thought, I thought he needed the money from all the lawsuits Bruce Springsteen's throwing at him. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, you'd think. Anyway, so, uh, but... I do have Thrasher Die news. Um, Thrasher Die is going to be featured on a compilation CD that will be out maybe really early summer, or maybe even, who knows, maybe even before, maybe in a month or so. It's a compilation CD called Houses of the Unholy, and it features our cover of The Doctor by Motorhead, and also our cover of Speed Freak, by Hallow's Eve, if anybody out there knows Hallow's Eve. Yeah. And also a cover of, a very unique cover of me and Holy George, who, me and Holy George are the guys responsible of the Merciful Fate tribute final. And we're calling our little project Holy Fuck. And if anybody out there knows their King Diamond, we covered Phone Call. And if anybody you know remembers, Phone Call is actually not a song, it's a spoken word of King's grandma calling him. So we did it, but in Spanish. So obviously you guys ain't gonna 
get a laugh out of it. But any any uh, fellow Spick listeners, you will love it. Believe me, it's fucking hilarious. You know the slang, and I'm arguing with Grandma in Spanish. It's it's pretty fucking cool. All okay. right, so <laughs> that's a good that's a good uh, impression of a of, of fucking Grandma. Abuela. Uno momento, por favor. There you go. All right, so um, Ian, uh, I guess we should uh, kick off the, the episode with the great big white axle in the room. Oh, oh my God! I have had, I've gone, I went a little berserk yesterday. I, I don't think you were online yesterday, so you missed out. Well, you also missed out because I, I deleted you from my page, so you couldn't see what was going on. <laughs> but you know what? It's like. I get I get a little too worked up because I'm just too passionate about music sometimes that I kind of get upset with people when they when to me I look I know it's people's opinions but man it just drives me nuts how people are so against this Axel thing and how oh it's ruining ACDC but yet I didn't see the same passion from the people when Malcolm left you know when Malcolm got dementia and couldn't be in the band anymore oh that's okay it's like Brian matters more than Malcolm. I'll get into that later. But first, what do you think of this whole Axl Rose ACDC thing? Well, I, I would rather see uh, Axl DC than the Guns N' Roses tour that everybody's jacking off about. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I think it would be pretty interesting. Uh, you know, one thing, well, you, you know, you're saying, oh, people didn't freak out about Malcolm. Now, that's one thing. I mean, what else could you do? I mean, the guy's fucking loony now. You know, you know. No, no, not, not. I'm just saying, ACDC going on without Malcolm. People right. are people are pissed that they're going on without Brian, but going on without Malcolm and Phil Rudd, it's like ah, it's okay. Right, but but now there there was a certain amount of people that were. I mean, not not as many. No, as, not as much as this. No, no, but this this is. I didn't see. Look, look, Ian. I hate to fucking interrupt you, but ACDC sold out stadium. And they sold out the show I was going to that got canceled uh, without Malcolm and Phil Rudd, okay? And, right. and of course, and I hate to say this to the haters because I'm with you too. Because, you you know, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. Because if you mention Black Sabbath with Bill Ward, I, I get just as retarded as you actual haters, okay? I get just as bad. But my point is, my point is, is like, God, don't act like such a fucking expert. It, Look, some people are mad, but there was this one guy that I guarantee you, the motherfucker doesn't know the song Riff Raff. And if you do not know the song Riff Raff, you have no right to talk about ACDC. Am I right about that? Yeah, no, I, I get that. But here's the thing, you know, you're saying like, oh, well, ACDC sold out all this shit without Malcolm and Phil Rudd. I don't think they sold out. They just kept going. I don't well, think they sold out. No, 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 no. I'm not saying sold out. I mean... They're like they're still selling out stadiums. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't mean integrity-wise, but here's the thing: uh, if, if you take this whole sold-out crowd and you ask all of them to name the members of ACDC, what percentage do you think could really do that? I mean, to me, it's the same as Guns and Roses. A lot of these people, like you know, oh, look at all these sell-out Guns and Roses, and they're like, uh, hey, is the redhead and the black guy still there? You know, they don't know fucking... Uh, you, you make a, a very valid point, Ian. You know, that a lot of these people that are complaining that wouldn't know Riff Raff would actually go because they want to hear you shook me all night long. You're right, you're right. Right, and and the main thing to people like that 
It's the same thing with Black Sabbath. It's about the singer. Oh, is it Axel? You know, is it uh, is it uh, you know, is Ozzy with them? Yeah. You know, you 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 talked about you ran the guy at the Accept show. Oh, is Udo with them? People want to know the singer because they want to hear that familiar voice. Well, now you're taking away that familiar voice. And 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 what a familiar voice! And then you replace it with Axel, who, as many Axel lovers as there are, there's a shit ton of haters too. Oh my god! Why? Well, you know, it, it's in the hardcore circle, the haters outnumber the the, the people that love them five to one. Oh yeah. And then there'll still be plenty of haters that go, but I mean, people just hate Axl Rose. And, you know, in, in some ways, I think justifiably, but to tell you the truth, I think it's an interesting mix. And I would, I think you're very lucky. I would go see that in a heartbeat. You know, somebody like Justin Childers, oh, if you don't go to Guns N' Roses and they're 15 minutes away from me, it's like, motherfucker, I ain't gone to see Guns N' Roses in the last 15 years. You know, it's not like, you know, I was just waiting for Slash to come back. Me, I'm only interested if there's a full band. And and to me, it's it's no just because you add Slash and Duff. Uh, to me, that's the same as what they've been doing the last fucking 15 years. Well, I, I will tell you this, and you know how I feel about Guns N' Roses and how I'm a big fan of Chinese democracy, and I would rather see Buckethead than Slash. Right. But I got to admit, man, these clips I've been seeing, they sound great. No, now, they, now, I'm also saying, and, and somebody brought up an interesting point. Axel sounds so good now. I mean, for the people that like Axel Rose. He sounds so amazing now. That's You know, there is a theory that the reason he sounds so good is because he's got a broken leg and he ain't running all around the place and he's not out of breath. Interesting. Interesting point, though. But it's, but it's, let me tell you something. Then, if that's the case, Axel should just sit the fuck down because he sounds so good. And every clip I've seen, I think Slash sounds good. I think the band, the band out to me always sounded good. That, that drummer and whoever the fuck that Izzy wannabe, you know, they, yeah. they're it's a solid band. I saw, I've been seeing this. I saw this lineup three times: once with uh, Buckethead, and the other two times with uh, Bumblefoot and uh, that DJ Alien guy. And right. um, and I gotta tell you, the best time I ever saw Guns N' Roses. And I'll, I'll say it again for the millionth time. I saw Guns N' Roses in 1985 at the Troubadour, two years before Appetite ever came out. I didn't know who they were. I thought they were an okay band. They didn't floor me, but I thought it was a good show. All I remember was Mama Ken. Then I saw the original Guns N' Roses open for Motley Crue, and it was horrendous because the sound was so bad, I couldn't even make out what was going on. So I didn't really blame the band for that. It was more the sound. Then I saw them at Joe Robbie Stadium, which is probably the second best time I ever saw them on New Year's Eve with Soundgarden, which they were really good. That was a great show. That was, a, you know, Use Your Illusion. This is right when Izzy left. And uh, and What's-His-Face came in. And then I saw him again uh, open for Metallica. No, headline over Metallica. Well, it was a co-headlining thing. And I ended up leaving that show halfway because I'm not lying to you. Slash went into, like, his fourth guitar solo. And I was like, fuck this. I can't take it no more. And Axel did. No lie, at least a ten-minute piano solo before November eighth. It was it was so bloated that right. yeah. And then I saw the Buckethead one, which was by far the greatest time I ever saw Guns N' Roses. And then the other two times, which were great too, which were like you know uh, maybe even a little better than that Joe Robbie Stadium show. But what I've been seeing now, and I'm talking about YouTube clips like cell phones, and which usually does not capture. Usually it makes good shows look shitty. That 
it sounded great. I was like, wow, this is really good. But on the set, but I, but I will say this: they are playing Orlando, which is three hours away, and that's an hour and a half too much. I would I would drive to see Guns N' Roses. I will go 90 minutes to West Palm Beach if they play at that amphitheater. I will take that trip. But three hours, I think I'll have to pass. And this is me, the defender of Axel DC. You know what I mean? Right. All right. Well, my my thing is is, is this, dude. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, fuck, quit bitching because Steven Adler, you know, isn't there, you know, and, and, and Izzy, oh, if you close your eyes, you wouldn't know they're not there. Well, in my opinion, it's the same fucking way with Slash. All those other people can do that. You know, it's not like Slash is fucking Eddie Van Halen or fucking Dimebag. Okay, anybody can do it. It's, it's about the visual. You know, you look and you see him. What I would want out of Guns N' Roses is a five piece. Let me repeat that for you. A five-piece. No two keyboard players, no background singers. I don't want the Las Vegas shit that they're doing now. And, and, and you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, they're mixed. Everybody's like, oh, look at the variety of the set list. They, I only give a fuck about appetite and lies. I don't give a fuck about the user illusions. And I definitely don't give a fuck about the Chinese. I, I saw the other night they played that horrible This I Love song. Like, oh, you want to talk about fucking... Uh, Pull a Michael H. Howard and put a fucking gun in your fucking mouth. I love that song. I know you do, but I'm saying for me, it was like, why aren't you going? And I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again, dude. I care about these guys as much as I care about fucking Enough's Enough and, and L.A. Guns. Okay, they're not Van Halen. They're not Black Sabbath. They're not Kiss. They're fucking Guns and Roses. Okay, are they better than Motley Crue? Yeah, but uh, it's the same thing. It's it's more of it's, it's it's more of the the chaos that is Guns N' Roses than it is the fucking music. I mean, these guys put out an album and a half that I give a shit about. Okay, so why am I gonna lose my fucking mind over this? You know, unfortunately, the '80s aren't coming back. Okay, this is a fucking cash grab, and it's it's all about now. Axel does sound good. I'll give you. I think Axel sounds great. That's why I'm more interested in seeing Axel with ACDC. You know, and what I like about that is I, I think it could really open up the set list for ACDC, which if you go back and listen to our ACDC episodes, that's why I passed on going, I mean, not that they came to me, but why I would pass on going anyway, because it's like, oh, I love ACDC, but it's the same old set list. But I think with Axel, I think they're going to, you're going to see some more Bond stuff. You know, you're going to, it's, I, at least I hope it's going to be a more varied set list. It'll be, it'll, yeah, it'll be mostly back in black, and I would predict for those about to rock, and maybe that's it. Or and, maybe, uh, maybe rock and rock and buzz, just to promote the rock. Maybe yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you never know, but that's something that piques my interest more. That's more, you know, of a curio that I would pay for than than, than this half-ass Guns N' Roses. I mean, riffraff, I mean, riffraff will be back in the setlist. Oh, yeah. Oh, Riff Raff, you know, and a whole lot of Rosie. Well, I mean, not like that ever left, but you know what I mean, though? I think it'll be a more interesting... I think Axel will make for a more interesting ACDC show than he would for a Guns N' Roses show. I don't want to hear Knocking on Heaven's Door. I don't want to hear Live and Let Die. I could give a shit if he play Estranged and, and, and shit like that. I, I really don't care. My Guns N' Roses died a long time ago. It died a long time ago. Now, if you bring out two guitars, bass, drum, and axle, original GNR, 
and you play shit like My Michelle and Think About You, you know, stuff like that, oh, I'm fucking there, dude. I'm fucking jacking off right next to you. But if it's the fucking Las Vegas, like, Elvis 69 comeback special, Guns N' Roses, I really don't care. It, to me, it's the fucking same as the other shit. Bring on Axel DC. Yeah, I, no, no, I agree with you as far as uh, I'd rather see Axel DC than Guns N' Roses, but I would love to see Guns N' Roses, but I just, I don't want to go to Orlando, but yeah, without... Yeah, you would love to, but you... But you don't love it that much, you're going to go there. And that says it all. I would go to Orlando for actual DC, though. Yeah, and, and that says it all. Hey, if you never saw Guns N' Roses, if you're like, you know, a lot of these younger kids, man, they didn't get to see them with Slash or whatever. Hey, go, man. Go. Have, have, have fun. But to me, I mean, and I never got to see Adler. But I got to see Izzy, and he's my favorite member. Let's just, I, you know, that's what it is. I follow what Izzy does solo-wise. I don't follow what the rest of them do solo wise, you know. That and that's me. That's what I'm into. That's that's my Guns and Roses. If yours is all about fucking worshiping at the altar of Slash, by all means go. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that uh, you know, could give a shit less about Bill Ward. They're like, oh, I just got to see Tony and Ozzy, or I got to see yeah. Geezer and Tony. Hey, and that's cool, man. If that's what you're into. But don't act like I gotta worship at the same fucking altar you do. Anybody, I, anybody that accepts Black Sabbath without Bill Ward, they'll accept Black Sabbath without Jesus Butler. Guarantee it. And anybody out there that says that's not true, you're a fucking asshole, a fucking sellout. How dare you not like fucking Bill Ward enough? You have to like them all equally, man. But anybody that doesn't care, dude, you know, you and I both know if Ozzy and Tony went, were to go out with some scat bass player and drummer, they'd do the same numbers they're doing now. Geezer oh, yeah. Butler is not bringing one ass to the scene. And, and, and the same thing with Axl Rose, man. You, you can you can send out fucking Lenny Kravitz with a fucking top hat, and half the fucking people wouldn't know the fucking difference. Yeah. And, and it would say it was the greatest show they ever saw. Well, yeah, I mean, but, 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 no, no, you got to admit, this Slash thing is, look, Guns N' Roses was doing fine without Slash. They were selling out stadiums and this, but the rumor, I mean, the 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 the, the wanting Slash back, just, i never seen any band that wanted to get, uh, that people wanted to get back together more than Guns N' Roses, except maybe like Zeppelin. That would probably be the only one. And Guns N' Roses, like, this this is major. They have, forget stuff. Stuff is not even a part of, Stuff is as important as Izzy and Adler to these people. It's all about Slash yeah. and Axel, just like it's all about Iomi and... Well, fuck, I wouldn't even say Slash and Axel is more important than Iomi and, and, and Ozzy to these type of people, because if Ozzy went out there saying, I'm doing a fucking Black Sabbath show with none of the members, you know? Or I'll get Vinnie Applesauce to play drums so we can have another, you know, that shit would fucking... Big numbers. You know? Oh yeah, because all people care about is that voice. Can I hear the familiar voice exactly. that, that and I know? Axel did the same thing. And, and you know, the people who give me shit about the fucking Izzy thing. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, if you like the Stones, Keith Richards is the rhythm guitar player, ladies and gentlemen. He's not the lead guitar player. Never has been. But to me, going and seeing fucking Guns N' Roses without Izzy is like going and see fucking the Stones without Keith Richards. I mean, I'm just not interested. I'm just, I'm not. Right, I'm not, I'm not, you know, and, and to me, Slash is, you know, he's he's, he's not all that. It's it's the same opinion I have on Tommy Lee. He's 
He's a character. I mean, people want to see that top hat. Ooh, top hat. And he's playing the solo from The Godfather. You know, to to most people, that's what that's all you got to do. Anybody else can play his chops. Okay, I'm sure when you saw fucking, you know, all those other abortion lineups that you saw, I'm sure they still played the solos like fucking Slash. And well, I will say like right now, I will say right now, and I know it's not a popular thing, but I think Buckethead uh, plays technically better than Slash and emotionally better than Slash. But well, of course but, he is. Yeah, Buckethead's but, an amazing talent. He but, is way more talented than anybody in Geno. But remember, when Buckethead was in the band, remember how the hardcores were online? Who the fuck is this guy with a bucket on his head? Where's Slash? This is ridiculous. What the fuck, Bucket? Why is he wearing... You know, they, they focus more on the image. Exactly. And that's what I'm getting at. It's it's the same gimmick, people. It's just a different fucking hat. Okay? I saw... And you know, I saw Buckethead do like... All right, I'll give you an example. Like, an emotional solo... Anybody would say, I know you wouldn't say it, but if you want to talk about an emotional guitar solo, November Rain. There's Buckethead doing November Rain exactly with the same kind of emotion, but then when he would go into the little ripping part, it's something that Slash could never do. And not only is he going a million miles an hour, but he's doing it with emotion, which is very unique. (laughs) Well, and here's something for you, Justin Childers. Uh, Buckethead's playing at the House of Blues. That's also 15 minutes from my house, and I am going to that. <laughs> I would too, man. And Buckethead is playing here while I'm in Europe, so fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's playing here at House of Blues, and it's it's a fucking school night, but I'm still going to go because I, I only saw him when he came out with Primus at Ozfest, and that was just like two songs. And half of that was him with the nunchucks. You know, I want to see a full show of him. On guitar. And, I and did, I, and it's the same club he's coming to now while I'm in Europe, but man, what a night. Seeing that guy play was, yeah. and he didn't have no band. He did it with like, you know, like, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, machines and shit. Uh, yeah. see, oh, see, I that, loved it, dude. That, I loved it. I think it'd be good, but that's like, you know, when we were talking about the Uli John Roth. That's probably what you're going to see. Yeah. All right. You're going to love it. Watch. It doesn't. It oh, I'm doesn't sure it will. Take away. It doesn't take away what he did that night with all the, you know, the, the guitar shit. Because there was a lot of songs he plays that doesn't have a band. That is right. just instrumental, just guitar. And it's, it was gorgeous. It was just gorgeous playing. All I right, love right. that. All but right. I want to I touch on one thing, going back to the ACDC thing, which is a major problem of people online. And this is something you didn't see because, you know, I deleted you from my page. But I had this... Um, this discussion and like so many people just love to draw a fucking conclusion without knowing jack shit and it really pisses me off because i see these people going where's the fucking dedication why do they they throw they throw brian under a bus why you know they fuck brian over everybody's saying this without knowing fucking facts and i brought it up on that thread i go Where's the facts that they fucked Brian over? I don't know what you're fucking talking about. And they put up that clip of uh, Jim Brewer, where Jim Brewer goes, oh yeah, they threw Brian under a bus. Brian told me this, and this and that and that and that. And then, but nobody puts up the fact that Jim Brewer came back out saying, you know what, I take back everything I said. I shouldn't have said anything, blah, blah. But still, people don't give a fuck. People still take that as, oh, Brian said this, Brian said that. And they fucked over Brian. Where, you know, this guy served in the band for 36 years. That's fucked up. So then 
ACDC puts out a press release and it says, we want to thank Brian for all the dedication he's put into the band for the 36 years. We uh, hope for him the best and is never, we hope the best for him. But by the way, Axel's fronting the band. People saw that and they're like, wow, they really fucked over Brian. I mean, how much nicer can you be about, you know, Brian not being in the band? But that's not the part that got me. The part that got me is when Brian finally spoke. And Brian said, it was my decision to leave the band, not the band. I was the one that said, guys, I can't do this no more. Because he ruptured his eardrums because of race cars. I guess he didn't wear the correct uh, earpieces. It wasn't the band. But yeah, performing with the band after being damaged by race cars. He has, he could lose his, his uh, hearing totally, so he had to step down. It wasn't the band that kicked him out. And, and a lot of people were blaming the band for fucking him over. And here's the part that gets me. The same day that Brian said this, uh, I think it was like Classic Rock or some fucking website, put up a story out. ACDC dropped Brian for Axl Rose. It's like, oh, no, no, it said... Fans of ACDC are upset with uh, Angus for dropping by and Fox Rose. They go, these fans are retarded. I mean, listen to what Brian said. Brian even said in the press release that Cliff and Angus are like still like supporting him. Like, you know, they're still his buddy and everything. And yet, but that's the part that gets me about the fucking internet, man. Shut your fucking mouth till you hear both sides. Seriously. Right? Uh, I, I totally agree with that, and I gotta say it, you know, I was a little turned off at first, but, you know, you're getting fed misinformation, but again, I was like, well, let's see, you know, when somebody finally speaks on record, you know, and and, and here's another thing, we, you know, that people I think are overreacting about, okay, they didn't say that he is the new singer for ACDC. Yeah, he's not, he's just filling in, that's what they're saying. Yeah, he is doing these shows to fulfill their commitment. We have no idea if ACDC is going to go on beyond this. Okay, this could just be like, hey, let's finish these shows. So, you know, stop acting like, you know, the, you know they're going to do a new album. Because we have no idea. They might get somebody else. I mean, there was all this talk about they almost got a guy from a uh, ACDC tribute band. There, there's also talk that the shit with Axel was purely money motivated. And here's one thing I will say, though, and I called this, you know, if you listen to past episodes, I called this shit a while ago. Because everybody's like, oh, get Mark Storacci. Yeah. Mark Storacci is not going to put asses in seats. No, nope. I, I knew they would have to go with a named singer. They have to, because they're ACDC. Okay, they, you know, uh, Joe Blow from Kokomo may be able to do fucking Brian Johnson better than Brian Johnson. But you have to have a name to get people from returning those tickets. And and that's what they did. They, they got somebody who they felt comfortable with, who can, who can do the material. And I, I truly think Axel can do it. And I and I hope there's some like live document of these shows because I think it would... I hate to say this, but I think it would be more interesting than what they were going to do with Brian Johnson. And if people really paid attention... Brian Johnson wanted to give it up before they did Rock or Bust, man. He was saying before that album, like, hey, man, I don't know if I can do this shit anymore. Because he was the oldest member of the band. 
But, you know, they keep going. And I think some of this could... I, I don't think it's, like, purely, like, money. You know, it'd be funny, like, oh, yeah, money talks now, motherfucker. You know, but it, it's like they have all the money. But I think what Angus might be feeling is, like, mortality. Look what happened to his brother. Okay, he's... For all intents and purposes, he lost his brother. Fucking Phil's on planet whatever. But he might have the sense of urgency. Like, I, I gotta do something. You know, I don't know how much time I have left. I wanna play music. I wanna do all this, and I can't fault him for that. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna get dementia, you know? Exactly. So maybe he wants... This is his bucket list, dude. He wants to go out doing what he loves. Because think about that. I mean, as close as he was with his brother, and you see him just, like lost losing it man that, that could give you a sense of like fuck it i'm gonna live life to the fullest till i can't do it no more because this could happen to me tomorrow and i don't want to sit at home doing nothing so i respect that you know i gotta tell you something else and Ian, i'm gonna go into greater detail because it's something i cannot air i can't say this but let's just say that from a extremely reliable source and i think you and i have had this conversation about a friend of mine. Yes, yes, yes. With yes. A, the ACDC connection. Yeah, yes. Well, I'm not gonna bring it, bring him up or anything like that. Not even gonna say he said this to me. He might have. But here's the thing. This is some inside thing. There are people that are depending on paying their mortgage, paying their bills, that were depending on that money of these shows that they had to cancel. And that's another big factor of ACDC finishing this tour and these 10 dates and all this stuff is for people to get paid that it's kind of like Angus throwing people a bone because Angus doesn't need money right. you know Angus made dude since we started this show today Angus made about seven thousand dollars in sales of back and black right you know what I mean because that shit still sells and Angus doesn't need the money so you know there's something else it's dedication to the road crew the accountants the managers, there's so many people behind the road. The, the road crew, man. Yeah, the road crew. I'm telling you, people don't take the fact. People just think when ACDC goes out there, they're just rolling in money. Like, like no, they don't have to pay nobody. People are moronic, you know. And right. these are the same people that say, "Oh, they threw them under a bus," without ever hearing a word Brian Johnson says. And that really pisses me off. And another thing, and this is very important, anybody out there that went to go see Van Halen the last couple tours, uh, Black Sabbath, this tour and the tour before, fuck you. Fuck you. Because these are two bands that we know fucked over band members. We know what happened to Bill Ward. He got fucked over. Yeah. We know what happened to Michael Anthony. He got fucked over. Now, hey, I went to both shows. I mean, I was a little more pissed off about the Black Sabbath shit, but I went for free, whatever. The Van Halen, I'm sorry. I think Wolfgang does great. I got sucked into it, and I don't regret that. I'm sorry what happened to Michael Anthony. Totally wrong, but what happened to Brian Johnson, nobody fucked him over. That's what everybody wanted to think. But I know personally some people, personally, that were, not only that, I hung out with them at Van Halen that are bitching about this saying how they fucked uh, Brian over. It's like, motherfucker, you will pay to go see Van Halen after they fucked over Brian, uh, uh, Michael Anthony. Don't you fucking say a word about ACDC. 
you know, saying how they fucked them over. That didn't, you're just saying that because you ate fucking Axl Rose. Now, this same person I'm talking about, he was like, oh, I'll, they should get the guy from Crocus. Oh, so if they get the guy from Crocus, it's okay to support a band that quote-unquote fucked, fucked over Brian Johnson to this same guy before he heard Brian Johnson's side. And I made a post about it. I said, I told you fuckers to hear both sides. And when I put up that Brian Johnson story, not one of those fucks replied. Not one. You know, if I would have been one of those fucks, I would have wrote on there, you know what, I was wrong, I was proven wrong, and Ian, you've seen it. Because I've done it on the Rock and Metal Comedy Podcast page when people school me, and I am not ashamed. But here, here's what I think of these people that don't want to fucking, that, that say ACDC fucked over Brian Johnson without Ian here proof. You ready? You ready? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, my ass. You see, that one wasn't a false one because my ass had to speak out. That, that sounded like that should have happened on a toilet. <laughs> no, it sounded wet, but it was quite dry. And oh, it, my oh, God. Man, it smells like potpourri in here now. <laughs> potpourri with vomit. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right. Well, you, know, you know what this shit reminds me? I saw a post today on Blabbermouth, and usually I hardly ever read the comments because you want to talk about some bottom oh that that i cannot i can never read comments i used to do that a long long time ago remember a guy on blabbermouth called riot act not offhand oh that guy was hilarious because he loved everything and he used to piss off everybody because every time he would write something it was positive and it was and people thought he was a bot because every time it was like slash uh, got together with miles kennedy and played a show and then he would write slash kicks ass (laughs) people would get pissed like do you hate anything? And he would never reply well, to anybody. Like, I, I, I only recently have I commented on Blabbermouth. And that was only on Sammy Hagar stories where I just put, I wish he would die. <laughs> and I got so much shit. What's funny, because now you have to put your real name. So it comes up like my Facebook thing. It says, um, Ian Wadley, co-host of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And they started attacking the podcast. We're like, oh, I didn't know a podcast that nobody listened to needed a co-host. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Hey, that, that, oh, you know that, that, that's funny. Please, but uh, what, what I'm getting at though is I was reading the comments on one of these stories, and so many people were bitching on Blabbermouth because like almost every other story had to do with Queensryche, whether it's Jeff Tate's Queensryche or the other guy's Queensryche. And now that every damn near every other post is about Guns and Roses or Axel and ACDC, they're like. I miss Jeff Tate stories. <laughs> I'm like, that's hilarious. That That's funny because it's getting that way. I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of talking about it, quite frankly. But, uh, I mean, people are excited about it. But, you know, like I said, you know, this is my final thing. If it's not the original 5 of GNR, I don't give a fuck. And I would I would pay top dollar to see Axel and ACDC. That's yeah. my and, final and, you know, statement. And, again, if I hated Axel Rose... I'd be like, ah, fuck, that's fucked up. But I really would not go that route like, you're fucking up the legacy. It's like, dude, there ain't no legacy without Malcolm Young. I'm sorry. It's bad enough not having Bon Scott. But at least you got, for those about to rock, and uh, Back in Black, and and I love Flick of the Switch. I like Fly on the Wall. I like a lot of songs off pretty much every album with the exception of a couple. couple, You know, know, here's the faith that I have, okay? 
this isn't like the Van Hagar debacle. I I don't really care for Axl Rose personally. I think he's a real fucking prick. I think he's talented, but I think he's a prick. But I know in my heart, Axl has enough love and respect for ACDC. He is going to do the best job he can. I really think this is like the only thing that could check his ego. I'll tell you what, I would almost love a ACDC studio album with, with, with ACDC. Because I think only like Angus could get him to check, okay, no, we're not going to do a 12-minute fucking ballad. You're going to do a three-and-a-half-minute rock song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because nobody in Guns N' Roses can tell this prick what to do. But Axel could. I mean, I mean Angus could. You know you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I highly doubt uh, Axel's going to pull one of those. Oh, I'm not going on until much later. But, yeah, but then again, <laughs> I don't know, you know. Oh, oh no, no I, I really, and, and if he does, if he does, I'll be the first one to slam this motherfucker. Yeah, I would too. I, I, that, yeah. I would admit, would be wrong. But I, I, I think he has enough love and, and respect that, you know, because in Guns N' Roses, it's all about him. This is bigger than him. This yeah. is just, and to him, I truly think it's probably an honor to him. I think he's well, probably. come on, think about it. This guy has been playing a whole lot of Rosie and Riff Rap for years. You know, I mean, come on. I mean. They don't really like, you know, you have your staples, you're knocking on heaven's door and live and let die that they recorded. But these are songs they never recorded while Whole Lot Rosie was a B-side back in the day, a live B-side. Right. But for him to perform Riff Raff all the fucking time, uh, I, dude, every time I've seen Guns N' Roses since uh, the Buckethead thing, he played Riff Raff at all three shows. And Whole Lot Rosie at one of the three shows. Right. <clears throat> well, like I said, man, if... I mean, and I don't think they're adding any new dates, so I won't get to see it. I hope it's documented, and I hope they edit it because I've heard now that you know Axel with ACDC is going to be opening up for Sammy Hagar, and I just want to see the opening band. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want to see Sammy. Yeah. But uh, all right, let's kill this fucking story. You want to get in some more? Wow, that, was, that was a long ass story, huh? Yeah. yeah can I go into the next one? That's just as fucking stupid. You can do whatever you want. Well, this one is actually, I admit, the story and the artist is a fucking idiot. Nikki right. Six. <laughs> okay, I know this one. This one came out today. Yes. Nikki Six came out today and said that Motley Crue 94 is an unfocused album. This is a guy that did Generation Swine and calling 94 an unfocused album? That's like fucking... Call Mr. Magoo uh, focused. <laughs> That's the best I can come up with. Hey, uh, I got a little laugh. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Ian, but John Karabi replied to it. That I haven't seen, no. Yes, John Karabi. And John Karabi is nothing but pure class. Yes. And, and yes. this is what he said. He said, first off, I've been getting a lot of messages today about this. And I just, first thing I want to say is I want to thank Motley Crue for five years uh, being in the band for five years, if it wasn't for Motley Crue, I wouldn't have the career I have today. They helped me enormously, and I'm very proud for everything I've done with Motley Crue. I'm, I'm proud of that album. And then he goes, and one thing I will say is that, because well, I'm leaving out what Nikki said. Nikki said that John Karabi couldn't write lyrics. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I, will, I don't mean to cut you off, but... When I read that story, I thought it was a misprint. I'm like, did he mean to put 
Vince Neil can't write lyrics. Yeah, I know, right? You know, I, I was, I was like, is this a? He contradicts himself in the story so much. But go on. But no, I when I initially read that, I was like, well, here's a typo. He meant to say Vince Neil couldn't write lyrics. Well, this is what John Karabi said. He goes, as far as like my songwriting technique. Hey, look, I write what I write. I've never sold out. I've never done whatever's hip. I am who I am. You like me or you don't. I make no excuses for my lyrics. It's just what I, that's how I feel. I feel that way and that's what comes out of me. Now, some may like it, some don't, whatever. At the end of the day, you know, if I'm happy with it, that's all that matters. That's how I feel about what I do as well. And then at the bottom, he goes, uh, I want to thank Mick Mars, Tommy Lee, and Nikki Six. Thank you guys. Those guys are great for doing what they did. And then he ends it with, so enough of this stupid nonsense. Let's get on with it. Or something like that. Which, you know, I think that was a little big at six. Which, Shit. I still think he was too nice. He, he, he ought to thank Vince Neil for coming back and doing Generation Swine to make 94 look that much better. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and Motley Crue has never matched 94 after 94. And... Since fucking Shout of the Devil, I think my opinion ninety four is better than every album yeah. except for Shout of the Devil. Well, I mean, that's no, no, well, actually, recently I even came out and said that ninety four right. is their best album. Right, and, and that's where we disagree. I still give ninety four the the nod, but uh, I, I, I will say this: uh, I don't know, man. It's just it, it's it's so fucking stupid and shameful and and ignorant for him to say that. And, I saw you made a comment on a post uh, where you, you said you're, you're calling bullshit on him. You think he's totally lying. I think I think Nikki Six does not believe that for one second. And, and I, I think a lot of what it has to do, and a lot of people have brought this up, is the fact that uh, Karabi sued to get royalties for what he wrote for Generation Swine. And that's when things fell out with Karabi. Because, man, they were all on the Karabi shit, man. They were all praising him. And the only one that still held up was Mick Mars, who, and that's why he's my favorite member. You know, he stuck by. He says the same thing today as he did when that came out. And even Tommy Lee, who I have no respect for, uh, came out and still praises that album. That is what they wanted to do, and it failed. And it's easier to blame it on him. I, the funniest part of that whole article is when he's complaining about the song, right? He goes, "And I set a very high standard. Are you?" Fucking <laughs> Motley Crue has some of the dumbest. Forget fucking... about Motley Crue. Uh, Six AM, right, oh, wow. right? Brides of Destruction, Fifty Eight, all horrible. But I mean, even Motley Crue. Let's talk about fucking lyrics. Get the fuck out of here. Just like I was saying with fucking, uh, you know, in in the Guns N' Roses shit. Like you put anybody in a top hat. That, that, that's a little half and half, and they'll think it's Slash. The same thing with anybody in Motley Crue, dude. It, it's, it's, fucking, it's fucking style over substance. They don't have deep fucking songs. The deepest songs they ever had was 94. Yeah. If you want to talk about good lyrics, 94. Misunderstood, fucking yeah. uh, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah. Uncle Jack. Uh, Power to the Numb. Yeah. Uh, that is the closest they ever came to having lyrics that even meant anything. It was all about fucking three pretty boys and Mick Mars playing meat and potatoes rock and roll. That's all it ever was. But they were good at it. They were good with their style, with their look. 
They were trendsetters look-wise. Musically, come on. Come on. There's, there's nothing ground-breaking about Motley Crue. But they got headlines. Because they were either killing people or fucking, fucking porn stars or something. It was everything but the music. The music was secondary to the circus that was Motley Crue. And for him to say he set a high standard for fucking, uh, you know, lyrics is like Bob Dylan saying, I set a standard with my vocals. No, bitch. <laughs> you gotta remember, this guy wrote a song called Treat Me Like the Dog I Am. Oh, my God. Oh, even I mean, even even fucking Blindy Lawless lost at that title. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the lyrics to Brandon are more sincere than half the shit Nikki Six wrote. Okay, fine, come on. You don't have to get crazy. She's your mother. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's, it's despicable, man, and it really, it just shines a light on what a sham fucking Motley Crue are. And, you know, the, the whole thing with, like, the reunion tour, it's like, Man, you want to talk about, like, guys who didn't get along. You know, Nick, uh, Tommy hated the music. Vince is there for a fucking paycheck. You know, poor fucking Mick is just caught in the middle and just wants to fucking play before he fucking dies. And then you got Nikki Six as the ringleader just raking in the fucking money for nothing. You know, it, it's... What a fucking sham. So when somebody tries to look me straight in the fucking face and say Motley Crue's a better band than Rat... I say, here's my dick. Suck it. You're fucking... Ugh. Blind. I ain't blind. sucking your dick. What? You yeah. you like you like Motley better than Rat? I sure do. Alright. Well, uh, punk her up, Buttercup. You know, actually, uh, I'll say this. If you were... And this, I know it's going to sound weird me saying it. But if you round out all the best Motley Crue songs and all the best rap songs, I would say I like more rap songs than Motley Crue songs. But there's certain quality of the good Motley Crue stuff that I'll, I'll put over Rat. And I love Rat, don't get me wrong. To me, Rat was great. Uh, but, you know, I feel like after the EP and that first album, all the albums after that were very spotty. I, I mean, all had great songs, but they were spotty. But you, but you gotta admit, though, I mean, it's just Motley Crue had a better package. They were better live. I thought, you know, Stephen Pierce, he's a bore. Um, and I, you know, look, when I saw Rat in the 80s, when they opened for Billy Squire, they blew Billy Squire off the stage. They were amazing. After that, I don't know what the fuck happened. Because every time I saw Rat after that, they had like the worst sound. And it wasn't just me. Everybody back in the 80s would go. And I'm not just talking about Florida. There were people from other states that I would bump into that would say, oh, they're fucking, I don't know what the fuck is up with their sound, man. Because right. Rat had the most horrendous sound live. Till I saw the reunion in 97, where it sounded good, it was a bar. And right. then I saw him, I think I saw him, I saw him over for the Scorpion, it sounded fine, but Steven Piercy is a bore. Wow. Right, but, but I mean, if you, if you go every other direction, like if you go like guitar-wise, songwriting-wise, you know, all that shit, they totally trumped Crew, but Crew just had the image, they had the, the, the package, and... But I love, you know, Bastards. Uh, oh, you know, oh. Use It or Lose It, uh, you know, and Livewire. And all. I like those songs more than any rap song. You know, that's yeah. why I would say I would prefer Motley Crue because they had songs that I liked more, but they didn't have as many songs I liked as rap. Yeah. You know, because rap, even the, like, you know, I'm not a fan of Invasion or Dancing Undercover or Reach for the Sky. 
but all those songs did have songs I liked on it. My favorite Rat albums was the EP, the the Outer Cellar, and that the, the what was the one? Um, Infestation. Infestation. Yeah, those Infest- are my three favorite ones. I, I, I'll tell you what, Infestation. I hated Detonator. I hated that one. In, Infestation was like the perfect example of just be true to yourself. Because man, when I heard Infestation, I was like, this could have came out in 1987. You know, it just... Yeah, it would have been the perfect, the perfect yeah. fucking follow down and sell it. They, they, they were staying true to themselves where, like, you know, Motley Crue, I mean, after Dr. Feelgood was just like, hey, let's just jump on whatever. I mean, even Dr. Feelgood next that was jumping on whatever was popular. I mean, I mean to me, true Motley Crue sound, when I think Motley Crue, I, I think too fast through theater. That That's Motley Crue to me. Everything after that... It's like, you know, aside from 94, it's like, okay, yeah, you're jumping trends, you know? Just whatever. I mean, generally. 94, I mean, let's face it, it's not Molly Kerr, you know? Right, right. But I tell you, I, I like New Tattoo better than fucking Dr. Feelgood or fucking uh, Saints I hate, of Los Angeles. I hate I hate New Tattoo, and I, and I will agree with you. I like it more than Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> because, I, and, and the weird thing about New Tattoo is, like, my favorite songs on there are the ballads. I really didn't like the rockers except for Fake. I like Fake. Oh, Punch, I like that. Punch I, the Teeth by Love is okay. I love the cover of uh, White Punch. White, White, yeah, okay, but you know, it's a cover. I like that. Yeah, I, know, about, I, like, I, 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 I thought they did a good damn job of it. Yeah, but you know, but uh, I love Time Bomb. You ever heard that one? It didn't even make the album. Uh, I think I did. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really, it was a demo that was never ever released. It might have been on one of those boxes. Great fucking song. Okay. Um, that didn't make the album, and um, but you know, for me, Motley Crue, I loved Wild Side. I loved and, and the song that everybody hates, "Something for Nothing." I love that song on Doctor Feelgood. I like the title track and Kickstart. That's about it. Um, Decade of Decadence, Primal Scream, kicked ass. Pretty much all of uh, all of fucking '94. Uh, I like the Let Us Pray and Find Myself from, uh, well, you, you listen to that, uh, Generous is Fine. I think there's a couple couple more that I kind of liked off it. Uh, like New Tattoo, we were talking about the ballads. Saints in Los Angeles, I didn't like nothing off that fucking album. I thought that album was, I think that was their worst one. I would even say Saints in Los Angeles was worse than Generation Swine. That was like, it was, that wasn't even Motley Crue. That was DJ Ashba, I think, doing all the fucking... Mick Mars parts, you know? And I don't even think Tommy Lee played on it. And if they did, I know it was songs that were written by outside writers. It was not a Motley Crue album. It was like 6 a.m. pretending to be Motley Crue. And that's why I hated that fucking album so much. Pure fucking garbage. And no, you want to talk about unfocused. Saints of Los Angeles maybe even more unfocused than Generation Swine. Because at least in Generation Swine, it was Tommy and Nikki Six, like two members, putting effort in. Where Saints of Los Angeles, fucking Tommy Lee couldn't even give a fuck anymore. You know? And Mick Mars, I'm sure, was pissed off because they were telling him what to play. And Vince was doing the same thing he was doing even from Too Fast for Love. So it doesn't matter. You know? Yep. So there you go. All right. So, okay. <laughs> that, that was a long story. Man, we might even do our full two hours today. We were going to do this in segments. But, boy, we're, we're, we're long-winded as fuck, man. All right. What next? Do you have any other stories there? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. We haven't even got to what I picked up. Hold on. Uh, 
Oh, here's a band. I'm, I'm curious uh, to see what they do because I enjoyed their first couple albums. Uh, Black, Co uh, Black Country Communion announced they're back together. That was shocking. When I saw that yeah. this morning, I was like, fuck yeah. I thought that was ba that band was gone forever because, you know, Bonamassa is a very, very, uh, um, you know, a guy in demand for his right. solo shows. And wow. So I guess this is what I this is what I got out of it. I, I what I got out of this is Bonamassa said, "Look, I love the band, but let's do a different strategy now. I gotta do my solo shit. So let me just when I take a break from the solo shit, I will do Black Kingdom. Uh, but you guys gotta understand, I can't tour that much. You know, I'm, right. my money really is my solo thing. But I'll do right. this for now. You know, and I think that's great. And I oh, yeah. and I wanted to explode because if anybody deserves." To be a fucking cajillionaire, it's fucking Glenn Hughes, man. Right. The voice of rock. I, uh, I agree with that. I I, I agree, and uh, I, I think Black Country Communion is one of those bands that, like, years from now, people are going to look back and like, oh, shit, I should have went to that show, or why wasn't I into those guys? Because they made some very solid albums. Yeah, they, they made two great albums, and no, they didn't come uh, out three, here from three, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah, right. Three, three studio and a live album, and the live album's great. I mean, they are a really good band. Uh, the one thing that disturbs me the most about this thing is uh, Jason Bach. Why? Why, why, why is he free now? Because I keep, you know, heard this shit the other day. You've got a $100 bet going that I pray to David Lee Oh, Roth. come on. Yeah. The, circle, the, the circle's even... The circle's a joke. Oh, no, I know it was a, it was a joke, but, you know, there, you know, this guy said that everybody who works with Sammy Hagar was told to clean their calendar, you know, after November. I don't because, believe that. Because Sammy's got something. I hope this isn't a sign that fucking... Van Hagar will rule I bet some guy. I bet some guy in the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page. Chris Atkin. Chris Atkin. Yeah, put that in your records because I'm I'm coming to look for him because June first, 2017 is the day. It's the date, the due date. That guy's got to pay me. Yeah. He thinks it's gonna happen because he's got quote unquote inside information that Van Hagar is getting together next year. I say it ain't gonna happen. If it does, I will pay my hundred bucks and admit defeat. But I honestly don't think Van Halen well, he's, is going he, back to Sammy Hager. I don't he's, think he's not the only one. Mitch Lafon has come out. I don't out care. I don't it. care. Let them all oh, say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, you know me. I hope they're all wrong. I hope they're, they're all, all wrong. they all are. You know who's got the inside scoop? Doctor Fuck. There you go. Hey, you were right about Megadeth. That's right. Remember that. I don't need no fucking. And this is all here. Look, look, just like what I was talking to you before. Ah, they, they threw Brian under the bus. A lot of people love to speculate because probably uh, Mitch Lafon and this idiot hurt. Well, I, I didn't mean to say idiot. I meant this fine young man that will pay me my hundred bucks and not chinch out on the bet, not get mad at me for me calling him an idiot, and he will pay me a hundred dollars. Here's another thing we have to add to the story that both Mitch Lafon and this guy, they're, they're Sammy fans. So this is oh, what God really. This, this is what they want. Yeah. So it's wishful thinking, and there's also people in the camp that they might know that says, "Hey, this is gonna happen, but don't tell anybody." The, the, those people are also wishful thinking. Right. You know, because they work for Sammy. They want. This is the thing. This is something that a lot of people don't understand too. 
if you start spreading rumors, it might might happen. You know, okay, so they're trying to plant seeds, so there'll be like a public demand, like everybody waiting. Kind of like the Axel Rose. The Axel Rose thing was like, dude, it wasn't confirmed. And how long has this story been out for about a month before they actually finally confirmed it? Right. Uh, so it was like a build up, build up, build up, you know, and that was all you heard about was Axel's and ACDC. Not confirmed yet, but this is a deal. Dude, this whole thing with, I remember Mitch LaFont said, and even uh, Eddie Trunk hinted at it like three months ago that, oh, uh, Dave is out and Sammy's in. Dude, you hear no more buzz about it. You hear nothing. There's no blabbermouth. Hey, uh, Eddie and, and, and Sammy. Because there's no fucking, there's no demand for this shit. And if it does happen, and I said this when it first broke, like five, six months ago, that this was going to happen. I first said, let it happen. Because I want it to happen so Sammy Hager can be shut the fuck up because it's going to be a major train wreck. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Eddie and Alex and Wolfie are just going to fucking retire. I really think it's over. If there's no Dave, I really don't think Van Halen will ever do anything ever again. That will be Van Halen. They'll probably do like Eddie Van Halen. You know, and my and and Alex will join some band like, like like Vinny. Well, with, nah, with, uh, I, I don't think they'll be that because I I think Eddie's ego, Eddie would never call it Eddie Van Halen, because it's gonna sell even less. You know, no matter what, if you call it Van Halen, it'll Van Halen's sell. over. Without Dave, it's over. Mark, I, no, I I agree, I agree. It's over. I agree. It's just over. No, I'm even there's not what I mean by over is like there's not gonna be no more Van Halen. I they, hope, they won't I hope do you're Van, right. they won't do Van Halen without Dave. Mark my words, everybody. Uh, this is 420 2016. If you're listening to this at the future, you're listening to this right now, going, Doctor Fuck was right. Look, it's 2020, and we haven't heard from Van Halen again, unless Dave does come back. Then there'll be more Van Halen. I I, I tell you, I I hope that's the case because if not. Uh, that means I'm dead because I would strap a bomb to myself, and uh, I would I would rob somebody to pay for the ticket because I wouldn't pay for it myself. But I would strap a bomb to myself. Dude, don't worry about it. You ain't strapping on no bomb, and I'm gonna be a hundred bucks richer. Oh, that's nice. That's you know you know what I, I I wish you were richer because I would love to do like a video thing on YouTube where you take that hundred dollars and light it on fire. Just to yeah. fuck with this So guy. you know what this guy said? He goes, I'm going to shame you and make you buy a Sammy Hagar ticket. I was yeah, like, I, saw, I saw that. I was like, I ain't doing that. I'm giving you 100 bucks. I ain't paying for a ticket. You do that dirty work. I ain't going that far. But <laughs> I'm not going to even have to do that, dude. I'm going to get those 100 bucks and buy a hooker. All right. Hell yeah. Nice. Like I, I told you, save your money. Justin will do it for free. Well, so will this guy's mom. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I didn't mean that, dude. I need to go. I need those hundred bucks. I don't want to talk bad about this guy because he might get offended and not pay up. You know. Oh. Anyway, what was his name again? Chris Akin. All right. He has a podcast, by the way. Okay, Chris Akin. Yes. Right. He's gonna lose just like uh, Al Akin did before Rock and Roller came out. Watch. <laughs> I, I hope you're right. I oh, you're I right. know I'm right. Mark my words. June first, two thousand seventeen. Al Akin. Pay up. Whatever your name is. Kurt Sackett. Chris Sinzak. Pay up. <laughs> Sinzak! <laughs> Yikes. 
All right, we got time for another story. Are we still recording? Dude, let's go as far as we can. All right, let me look here for something we else. We might like... even release two episodes. Who knows? Something else I give a shit about. Oh, this this is funny. Because <laughs> you'll hate it. But I'm actually waiting for this. <laughs> uh, Chris Barnes and Six Feet Under are releasing the fourth volume of their Graveyard Classics series. I didn't even know there was... Graveyard Classics fucking series. Yeah. Well, there there was uh, the Graveyard Classics one that had like Exodus, uh, Dead Kennedys, uh, fucking uh, Accept covers, all kinds of shit. Their second Graveyard Classics, they covered Back in Black in its entirety. And that what? pissed. Yeah. Oh, you never heard of it? They pissed a lot. Yeah, they did. No, back I don't. I don't want to hear it either. They did Back in Black all with death metal vocals. Then they did Graveyard Classics 3, which was, again, a, a mixture of different bands. But now they're doing a fourth series in the installment called... Uh, I don't know, what's it? Uh, it's called Number of the Priest. And one side is all Iron Maiden covers, and one side is all Judas Priest covers. And these were all songs handpicked by Matt Slagle. Uh, their label's president. And, uh, I, I, <laughs> a guilty pleasure. I'm not into, like, a lot of death metal. I'm really not. But for some reason, I love Six Feet Under, and I know you don't. But, um, here's, here's the set list. Okay, side A is Judas Priest. And Six Feet Under is doing Nightcrawler, Starbreaker, Genocide, Invader, and Never Satisfied. All great songs that are going to be butchered to hell. <laughs> side, side B is Iron Maiden, which will be Murders in the Rue Morgue, Prowler, Flash the Blade, The Evil That Men Do, Stranger in a Strange Land, and Total Eclipse. Wow, kind of shitty there, but and, some gems too. And I've I've heard I've heard a song off each side. I just heard uh, Never Satisfied today, and uh, they released uh, Invader last week. I love the way Armored Saint did Never Satisfied. Oh, they covered that? Yeah, it's a really good CD called Ode to the Old School, which has... Oh, I got that, but I haven't listened to it. Yeah, yeah, they do a great version of Day of the Eagle, Robert Trier. Oh, ooh. Yeah, wow. listen listen to that. It's a smoking cover. What else did oh. they do on that? There was a couple other ones. And, you know, very, un like, the EPs on there, the Hard right, right, right. Armored Saint EP. Good stuff, good stuff. Um... Uh... So Joey Belladonna from Anthrax just did an interview, and they were talking about him like, "Why don't you do the John Bush stuff?" And it still seems that you know Joey's still pissed about getting fired, and uh, you know he says, "Yes, we did only on the Big Four tour, but uh, you know I have a feeling like like did, did James Hetfield say do only or you're not on the tour because that's his favorite Anthrax song." But, uh, you know, Joey's saying, hey, look, we have so many songs we can play. He goes, you know, we're doing at least five songs off the new album, unfortunately. Uh, you know, and he's just, he's still pissed about it, but he emphasizes he's not pissed at John Bush at all. He's like, oh, I have no problems with John Bush whatsoever. He goes, I just don't see why I got fired and, and, and why, you know, I could have done anything that John Bush did on those records. Uh, he said that about white noise. I don't know if he said it about the rest. And I kind of uh, see. I, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a no. lot of white noise songs that I can totally see him tackle. 
No, uh, no, he, he's, uh, this is a, a brand new interview. He says that about the whole era. It's like, there's nothing he did that okay. I couldn't have done. Okay. And, and, and I agree with him as much. I, I love the John Bush era, but, uh, I kind of get it. I, I don't see why they fired Joey, man. Uh, even though I, you know, I'm grateful now that we I know have, why they did. we had those John Bush records, but, uh, uh, I, I, I kind of get that. You know, and he said the same thing about, you know, he goes, when, when Dave come back to Van Halen, you know, you're not going to hear those Van Hagar songs. And he took a little swipe at Dave going, you know, that, the same when everybody does. Oh, he couldn't sing them. But the question is, you know, with Van Halen, like, why? Why do you want to hear those shitty fucking songs? You want to hear real Van Halen songs. You're getting real Van Halen. Let's hear real Van Halen songs. But I do think the John Bush era of, of Anthrax had some strong songs and I would love to hear Joey sing those but I get why he doesn't and John Bush has toyed around in the past with the idea of doing a solo tour where where he does the anthrax material and man I'd be front fucking row for that because I, I, I love a lot of that era um I uh what, what I gotta say uh the, when Joey was fired at that time, I mean, they, they uh, talked about it on um, the reason on uh, Behind the Music. They said that he kind of like had a drinking problem. Now, I got to tell you, the last time I saw Joey Belladonna with Anthrax back then, because I have seen him since he reunited a couple times, was um, the, the Thrash of the Titans show right, right, in Miami. And it might be up on YouTube. Man, Joey Belladonna that night was extremely annoying on stage. And, and very embarrassing to the point where uh, Scott Ian apologized uh, at the end. Not, didn't really apologize. What he said was, hey, Miami, you've been great. Like, back then, he wouldn't really talk that much. But he did come out and say that because the whole show, Joey was getting upset with the crowd. Miami, come on, man. What the hell? Man, you got you know, kind of like that last show with Jeff Tate where he's like, you guys suck. Oh really? He wasn't. I, I, no, I, I, I didn't know yeah, that. He wasn't that bad. He didn't say we sucked, but he did keep complaining that we weren't satisfying him, and it was starting to piss. I remember I was getting mad, and and because he was wasting too much time, and you know, and and this Rash of the Titans show will clash the Titans. They, it was bands doing kind of abbreviated sets. Every band had like only an hour, right? And right. and Joey spent a lot of time arguing. And I think Joey may have been hitting us off that day. Because he, it, it, I'm sure, look, it was filmed, and I do have a copy of it. It's probably on YouTube, so check it out. It's, I can yeah. even give you the date, 7 I know that because, number one, Quaaludes, 7 and number two, my, my whore mother's birthday is on 7 Oh, nice. So, yeah, look, look up. <laughs> I love my mom. She ain't no whore. <laughs> It's, it does kind of bother me when I say that. I say it for the sake of the show. I do it just for the sake of the show. My mom is no puta. My mom's a fucking saint. You know? But anyway, so yeah, uh, look it up. Enjoy. Come on, Miami. Dude, I remember people were like, what the fuck's his problem? Shut up, Ray. And yeah, and Scott Ian, like at the end, he's like, and even, oh, and when they hit the last note, and they, like the crowd's cheering for the last time, he goes, Oh, now you fucking do it. Like, he said something like that. Like, even, you know, like, now you fucking cheer. And oh, wow. Scott, yeah, and then Scott grabbed the microphone going, Hey, Miami, you know what, man? You guys were great tonight. Blah, 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 bling, bling, bling. 
and then they walked off the stage. Oh, and, we, I, and we were all like, what the fuck's this problem? Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. And it was the last show of that tour was there at the Miami Arena. Oh, well, well that, that, that shines a, a different light on the subject. But, you know, then after that, sh- that, t- that show, they, they went and did another tour with Public Enemy, so it wasn't like they fired him right after that. Oh, oh yeah, my, my friend saw it. It was uh, Public Enemy, Primus, yeah, and uh, somebody else. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 but I mean, there was a, it was like another rap group that op- that was oh. actually like the opener. I think it was like the New Age of Black Teenagers or some shit like that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, next story. Uh, Glenn Hughes, who we just previously talked about, says that one member of Deep Purple did not want him and David Coverdale to perform at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Yeah, and he didn't say who it was, did he? Well, you know who it is. Is it Ian Gillen? Yes. Wow, yes. that's kind of uh, uh, He didn't say it, but, I, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, Ian Gillen's been very vocal about his... Uh, you know, dismay for the Mach 3 lineup. Like, oh, that's not Deep Purple. That's not Deep Purple. You know, without me, that's not Deep Purple. And, you know, Ian also made a, uh, you know, made the huge stink about Don Airy and uh, and Steve Morris not being inducted. But, you know, you didn't hear him complain about Tommy Boland not being inducted. You know, and other people that weren't in his lineup. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait, wait. Back up. Okay. Tommy Boland wasn't inducted? No. I know about Nick Simpler, but not Tommy Bowling? No. Wow, nope. man. No, uh, uh, out of, like, uh, you know, you know, real members, it wasn't Nick Simpler. Uh, Nick Simpler wasn't inducted. Uh, Tommy Bowling wasn't inducted. Uh, Joe Lynn Turner, Steve Morris, and Don Airy. I, you like, know, and I can understand kind of like Tommy Bowling, Joe Lynn Turner, and shit like that. Because, I mean, as much as I love Come Taste the Band, which yeah. we will review eventually. Oh, hell um, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing album. But I can understand. It didn't really explode. It wasn't, it's not really looked back upon like your machine head or burn. But right. Nick Simpler is the biggest fucking head scratcher. How the fuck can you put in the singer, which I'm having a fucking brain fart. Uh, Rod Evans. Rod Evans. Uh, in the band, which by the way, check out Rod Evans' other band, Captain Beyond. You ever heard that shit? Oh, I love Captain Beyond. Fuck yeah, that shit rules. Great album. How you know, can you add Rod Evans and not Nick Simpler? Captain Beyond, uh, just for our fans, is is one of uh, Lee Gerstmann's favorite albums. Oh, is it? Yes, he loves that album. We should review that with Lee Gerstmann. It's yeah, it's a great album. That's some good shit. But, but uh, what I, what I really think it was with Nick Simpler, and and honestly, in, in my heart of hearts, this is what I really believe. With, with them having Rod Evans, but not not Nick Simpler, just shows you that they had like some intern who doesn't even know Deep Purple. Yeah. Uh, pick out who's going in, and it was an oversight. But you know, they said it because there's no reason to have Rod Evans, but not Nick Simpler. And and that just there's certain bands like if if you know, and we've done this a million times. If if Rolling Stone loves you. You know, like, like like Parliament, man. Parliament, they inducted like fucking 40 members. And that's okay, because if you criticize, you know, and I hate to say because I don't want to sound racist, but it's true because it's reverse racism. Yeah. If, if, if you were to, like, keep out anybody that's black, then you're racist. 
But as long as you're white and Rolling Stone doesn't like you, they dictate everything. Because there's so many other bands like, you know, Metallica goes in and they Robert Trujillo's in, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for Metallica. No. Yeah. Wait, wait, no, no. That, but wait a second. Don't yes. you have to be in, in the band for 25 years? No, no. He, uh, the criteria for being in there is it has to be 25 years after your debut album. That is the only criteria. Then after that, it's up to the Hall of Fame who gets inducted. Man, but, what the fuck? This yes. guy's only thing with Metallica as of as of now is Death Magnetic. Yes, and he went Holy into the Hall of fuck, Fame. Holy fuck, man! You know, I yes. mean, I, I, I'm 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 even more shocked that I get shocked over the the audacity of this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. How fucking stupid! How the fuck can you put Robert Trujillo? I mean, Jason, I can understand, but goddamn, that guy's, that guy's fucking, what's he been in the band for maybe 10 years, the most? Well, well, well here's, the, here's the thing. Look how many years ago Metallica was inducted. You know, he was barely in the band. God. And, 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 yes. and, 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 and that's no disrespect. I mean, I love Robert Trujillo. He's an incredible musician. He's not a Metallica. I still don't feel like he's a member of Metallica. When I think of him, I think of infectious groups even more than suicidal. Right, right, but that's that's what I'm saying though. It, but they sold so many records, and and now Rolling Stone likes them. They didn't before, but they like them now. But it, it all depends on, you know, you know who they who they love, and if they love you, you can induct them. I mean, like prime example, Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the E Street Band is in on a separate. Uh, introdu- you know, introduction yeah, into the yeah, Hall that, of Fame. That was fucked up. Yeah, and, and hey, I, I am a fan, but I, I call bullshit. You know, really? It, you like Bruce Springsteen? I do. I, I do. Didn't, I, I didn't know that about. Yeah, I am a Bruce Springsteen fan. And, uh, <laughs> That's funny. And, and I'm I'm a fan of the E Street Band, but to have them in as their own entity is ridiculous. When there's so many uh, groundbreaking bands, and, and here's the thing. You know the the criteria is really supposed to be uh, influence and shit like that. Like like how many people have you inspired? Okay, you know it's like they tell Kiss who can who can go in, and they told Kiss only the four original could go in. You know, but they've got Jackson Brown in there. How many people picked up a guitar because of fucking Jackson Brown? And then think about how many people have picked up a guitar because of Kiss. And not only because of Ace, but because of Vinny, because of Bruce, other people who contributed, they should all be inducted. I, I really believe they should all be inducted. You know, you can't just say certain bands everybody gets in, and other bands nobody. You, you know, or we only pick you know the top selling lineup. You know, it, it's despicable. But you know, something you didn't bring up. You know, Justin Bieber picked up the guitar for the Tommy Taylor. Yeah, there you go. There Let's you go. go. Well, that, that's enough reason to keep Tommy Thayer out of the yeah, there you go, yeah. But, I, I mean, you see what I'm saying, though? Like, if, if you, if you're black, everybody gets in. If you're, you know, uh, you know, if you're white and they don't like you, you're fucked. You know, and another thing we should talk about is, you know, uh, when NWA goes in and they were calling out Gene Simmons. Yeah. After what he said. And Gene Simmons brought up, I think the most greatest rebuttal. Yeah. You know, you know, he's like, okay, all right. He goes, 
you know, when Jimi Hendrix, when Led Zeppelin go into the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, then you can fucking say something. Jimi Hendrix is the perfect example. Right, right. You know, but, but I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying, like, legendary rap artists should not be, uh, you know, put in a Hall of Fame. But it's not rock and roll. I'm sorry. Rap is not rock and roll. The same way, like, nobody bitches about Merle Haggard not being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He is a country artist. Now, even though metal is different than Bill Haley in the comments, it, it's it's much closer to rock and roll than fucking hip-hop. But if, if you don't include, you know, hip-hop, then you're racist. And I hate that shit, because as much as I hate racism... I really hate reverse racism. And that, and that's what this shit is. Like, you can totally shit on fucking metal, but you can't shit on rap because then you hate black people. When, when, when that's even more racist, because now you're saying hip-hop is only black. And it's not. You know? And, and, and what Gene Simmons said was spot on. You know, uh, fucking NWA in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Judas Priest or Iron Maiden. Or have oh, 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 Ian, Ian, wait, wait. I hate to stop you, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm... I, I, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Um, dude, I I am getting this this feeling in my brain right now because yeah. of all this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, I feel like if we keep talking, I'm going to get brain cancer. We got we to gotta move. We got to move. Okay. But before we do... <laughs> One thing I do want to bring up that's kind of rock and roll famous, but we're, let's just not. We have, and everything he said, Ian, was perfect. I think I think we should just stop there because us talking about how shitty the rock and roll fame is like, it's like fucking dude. Put your finger on the needle so it can, the record can keep going. You know what I mean? Right. But we do have to bring this up, and it's a very important. I mean, it's very important to me, and I'm sure it's important to you because you're a fan. Cheap trick in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I gotta say this, and this is gonna sound shocking to you. It's gonna sound shocking to everybody out there that has been um, hearing me how I downplay the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Because of Cheap Trick's induction, there seems to be a, a, a rebirth of Cheap Trick, a new interest in Cheap Trick. Yes. They're called Rockford Cheap Trick Land or some shit for a thing. Yes. They're getting booked all these other places. Now, the main thing I want to talk about was I I had to watch. Number one, the Kid Rock thing was kind of lame, but, you know, it's more lame because it's Kid Rock. They should have got somebody better. Like Slash is a good Cheap Trick fan. Even I'd even accept Dave Roll over that, that you know, that Wackerfin American. But the, I would have rather seen Chips Enough do it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, who the fuck's that? I mean, the, the exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, but 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 Kid Rock will be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Kay Hansley, Kay Hansley from Letters of Cleo, who always right. wore cheap trick shirts, and she's hot as fuck, and I love her. And if oh, you're she's, she's oh, cute as a button, dude. God, if you're damn. listening right now, I will eat your shit. I can't believe you just mentioned Letters to Cleo. I love Letters to Cleo. I'm a big fan of theirs. So I'm a big, my, I'm a big, so my own ladies. That I'm, chick is hot, though. I'm I, I'm big on her solo stuff too. Uh, which, by the way, I have Mr. X look into that. Anyway, um, the acceptance speech that Ro Cheap Trick gave. Now, I gotta admit, I haven't really watched the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame enough 
I've seen some acceptance speeches, but I can't I can't judge by every other one. But that one was the best one I've seen forever. Robin Xander was so animated. I've never seen him that animated. He looked fucking happy that finally that you know they're getting some kind of respect because this is a band. Cheap Trick, whether you like them or not, Cheap Trick is a real band. More real than just about every band out there. I mean, I can name other bands too. Earth, Wind, and Fire, I would put in the same category. These are bands that never gave up. And they were at their height. And they were at the rock bottom. And they never gave up. I've seen Cheap Trick play huge arena to little tiny clubs. And they never, ever, ever gave up. Ever. And I thought it was... I thought out of the four, all four gave great speeches. But my favorite was Tom Peterson. Tom Peterson, number one, for him to thank Gene and Paul was fucking awesome. Yeah. That was really cool. And the whole autism thing about, you know, he's got kids uh, and, with autism and, and he has like some kind of program, music yes. for autistic people. I just thought all that shit was just pure fucking class. Uh, and I, I will say, I'm sorry, I got to give a shout out right there. Uh, my... my my friend Sue Mankin works at like this high-end, like world-famous uh, candy store here in New Orleans. And every time Cheap Trick is in town, she's friends with Cheap Trick. And every time they're in town, uh, Tom Peterson and Rick Nielsen come in. A lot of times, Tom will bring his son into there to get candy and stuff. And uh, he he's huge about that, you know. And yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and I just think you know Tom Peterson. And let me tell you something, I've met Cheap Trick on a couple occasions, and Tom Peterson is just pure class. That so guy, nice. Yeah, he's so such nice. a nice guy. Pure fucking class. So is Robin. Rick, eh. Bunny, every time I met him, he was a prick. Every time. Especially the one time I was like, Bunny, Bunny, Bunny! And he just kept walking. I never I never met Bunny. Uh, Tom was incredible. Uh, fucking uh, Rick was like hot and then cold, and and Robin was cold to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I've never met Ro Robin. Man, I was trying to get Robin's attention and talk to him, and and I was like with people that he knows. So I thought, okay, well at least he'll know. You know, I'm in with the in crowd, and still was real standoffish, real cold. I was, I was. Wow. Yeah, it really disappointed. Well, you me. know what? It must have been one of those days because every time yeah. I met that guy. And he's the only guy that's, you know, out of everybody I meet, he's the only guy that intimidates me. And he's always been nice to me, man. Always. Super nice. Right. You know, it, it could have been a bad day because I only met him once. Definitely was. Well, you know what? To tell you the truth, I haven't met Cheap Trick. I've seen Cheap Trick over 50 times and I only met him twice. Right. Can you believe that? And you'd figure I'd put more effort, but. Like, you know, you know, like I told the story a million times, you know, Rick Nielsen was cold to me at first. And then he wants me to go watch fucking Ray Davies with him. Yeah. You know, you know, so it was like, it was hot and cold. But the best was Tom Peterson coming up. He's like, hi, I'm Tom Peter." I'm like, oh my God, I know who you are. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that guy's pure class. But yeah. uh, Bunny Carlos. Did you hear what Bunny Carlos said in the press after the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, I, I saw something. I didn't know if it was legit or not. Yeah, it was legit. Bunny Carlos throwing jabs at the band and even making fun of the... Of uh, Rick Nielsen's son, calling oh. the man three men and a baby. Oh, and uh, saying, "Oh, I watched them on the Today Show, and that's not cheap trick." Now, 
I'm sorry. Dak Nielsen is incredible. Uh, it's not Bunny Carlos, but you know what, man? He plays amazing. He plays in the style of Bunny Carlos. He does justice to the old, old song. And I got to say, man, this new album. Oh, it's great. Holy fuck is it great. I think it's the best thing they've done since the 96. I know. I understand you like it even more. Yes. Or yes, 97. I, I think it's 97. Not, not, not 97, yeah. yeah. I, I like, I mean, there's standout tracks on 97, but as a whole, I think it's even stronger than 97. Well, and you we, know what? It's a little too, you know, it's so new that I still got to let it sink in more. Yeah. But I love it. And I love the latest, and I think this one's even better than the latest. See, I, I didn't like the latest. I, I got, love maybe, the latest. Maybe, maybe I, I gotta give another try. Yeah, but I didn't like uh, that other one. Which is the one you like, Rockford or? No, 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 no. Uh, special one. There's there's like certain songs on the special one that I think are is some of the best shit they ever did. But as a like the single they had off that "Son of a Woman," I oh, hate. I like. I like that song. Am I special? The rest I didn't like. I hated that song. I I loved uh, Hummer and Pop Drone. Pop Drone, I think, is one of the best songs they've ever done. See, I don't know. I can't get into that album. And I've tried. And, and Rockford, the same thing. Rockford was a little more them going to the power pop uh, vibe, but it still did nothing to me. And a lot of people love Rockford. You know, I just felt like those two albums back-to-back were kind of just... And, uh, even if I don't like it, dude, I love Cheap Trick so much. Yeah, I'm willing yeah. to forgive. And, but, yeah. you know, I mean, the last two albums to me are phenomenal. And, uh, you know, and it's just a band that, it's just such a real fucking band. Yeah. You know, and for everybody out there that's big Cheap Trick fans, if you're not a, if you're not aware, Cheap Trick at Budokan, the complete concert, has been released on vinyl. And I bought it, I played it, and I came. And also check out uh, Trick Talk with Cheap Trick. Chat. Yeah, yeah, right. Cheap, uh, with uh, Ken Mills. And yeah, with, they do review the new album, which I still I'm I'm dying to hear that episode. I've just been uh, so fucking busy. But it's it's a great podcast if you enjoy. Cheap oh yeah, Trick. no, and they have yeah. great guests on there, and they had yeah. the guy. Oh, which by the way, the, the guy that wrote the book, Fragile, is a uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's they're going to reprint it. It's yeah. already out. It's already yeah. out. The second pressing's out. I got the original one, so I don't have to buy it again. But I, before the second pressing, that that book was going for hundreds of bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I got to pick that up. Yeah, it's really good. It's a really good book. And uh, but yeah, so this whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing of them being inducted, I've noticed they've getting a lot of press lately. And and I got to tell you, man, I think this is uh, this may be a new beginning for Cheap Trick as far as like our generation. It will uh. more, more well. Listen, hear me out. More my generation. You're. I don't think the new generation is going to pick up on it. But here's my point. I. Pretty much, I love Cheap Trick and everything, but I gave up on them. I was like, eh, you know, it was enough. It wasn't until I went to go see them at this club called City Limits, and I didn't even know Tom Peterson was back. And this was on the cusp of uh, Lap of Luxury about to be released. Right. So I go to see them, and when they open the show, first they come out, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's Tom Peterson. And they open with Just Got Back. I just became revigorated, forgot how amazing this band was and i feel like a lot of people my age that forgot how great cheap trick was because of the rock and roll hall of fame it may it may uh encourage them to go support this band like i have ever since 1988. 
I, 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 I hope so, but I got a feeling it's going to be like, uh, you know, like Anvil with the Anvil movie. Like, oh, for a week, everybody's fucking excited. And then when that week's uh, over... I love, gonna... Van, I love Anvil and all, but, dude, that's like comparing, you right, know... Well, well, no, but what I'm saying is about the hype. You know, like when the Anvil movie came out, everybody's oh, yeah, Anvil's great, Anvil's great, all, the, all this shit. And then a week later, nobody gave a shit, except, I, I, except for people who were Anvil fans. And I think that's how it's going to be with Cheap Trick. I mean, I, I hope... I think I, that's a horrible, horrible fucking... Uh, explanation here that's just apples and oranges this is a a a, a spinal tap movie where people aren't even aware of anvil and they're like oh look i I think this band where i'm talking about people that love cheap trick back in the day that that just pretty much haven't really listened to cheap trick in 30 years and now going fuck i forgot about top of the world i forgot about Hello kitty i love these songs god damn where have i been and then it would drive them to go out and see them again. Well, That's what I'm hoping. No, no, I'm, I'm saying I hope for that too. But I, I, but I'm, what I'm getting at with the Anvil, I know they're apples and oranges as far as bands. But I think like, you know, there was a hype over Anvil for like five minutes, and I think that's what it is for Cheap Trick. And it's still going to be us loyal Cheap Trick fans that are still going to the shows. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I, I kind of sense that. We'll see because Cheap Trick. Always plays Florida, constantly plays Florida, and it's very rare when I go see Cheap Trick and the place is packed. You know, they don't really pack the places that, like they should. And right. we'll see. Uh, next time they come around, let's see. I have a feeling it'll be more packed. Hopefully, I and, would. L- and this new album smokes, and hopefully that'll help. People will, will check out, because that's another thing. People will be like, oh, Cheap Trick, I'll check out the new album. I haven't. Listen to Cheap Trick forever. Let's give the new out. Let me see how they are these days. And listen to that and go, fucking hey, these guys are amazing. Yeah. You know, that's but another would, great factor into this. I, I would love to see a, a Cheap Trick head. I've only seen one Cheap Trick headline show. Every other time I've seen them, they're opening up, you know, so. Yeah, I, uh, the next time I'm seeing them, they are opening for, unfortunately, uh, Joan Jett. And I'm not... I don't hate Joan Jett. I think she. I just saw her last year with the Who, and she kicked ass. But dude, it's Heart, Joan Jett, and Cheap Trick. I think it should be Heart, Cheap Trick, and Joan Jett. That's right. that's my opinion. Cheap Trick's been around longer. I mean, I know she's been in the Runaways, but yeah, unfortunately, but unfortunately, that tour is not coming to me, so I don't get. To say, I yeah, it's coming to me because I've seen all three of those bands, and I love all three of those. Yeah, bands. yeah, they're all three great lives, you know. But I. It, in my for my money, Cheap Trick blows them all away. And I did see. I went to go see Cheap Trick open for um, Heart. It was Heart, and oh, who was the second band? It was Heart. I forgot the second band. And Cheap Trick opened. Who the fuck was the second band? And and, and Cheap Trick just destroyed everybody. I can't. Oh no, it was Cheap Trick, Heart, and headlining was Journey. Oh okay. With that little Filipino guy. Oh. Ugh. That was good. It was a good show. Yeah. All three bands were great that night. But anyway, all right. So, any, any other news? All right. Next story. Uh, there is a new lineup of Thin Lizzy for some anniversary shows, and this makes me extremely happy. And I'll explain why. Joining their ranks is Aerosmith's Tom Hamilton on bass and Judas Priest Scott Travers on drums. Travis. Travis. Uh, yeah. 
And uh, the weird thing, I don't know what happened to Marco Mendoza. He was playing bass for him and a great hey, bass player. What's, what's the deal with Mickey D? Why isn't he in it? Okay, well, Mickey D was originally supposed to be the drummer for these shows. And it's only like a series of like seven shows. Um, but Mickey D says he's got something special new lining up and he can't announce it yet. But he made it sound like it's going to be some big announcement. What that is, I have no idea. But, uh, man, I mean, Scott Travis, man, is a beast on fucking drums. And to have Tom Hamilton on bass, I mean, in, in one sense it seems so weird, but it's like, man, to have somebody else that is of that era, you know, like a 70s rock bass player playing for Thin Lizzy, man, I, I mean, just out of curiosity, dude, that, that that's an amazing lineup. I think it's really amazing for a couple reasons. Number one, I've never heard of Tom Hamilton playing with anybody but Aerosmith. Right. In the 40 plus years he's been in the Roxy. Well, yeah, he's the only, he's the one, uh, 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 only three members have never left Aerosmith, and that's Steven Tyler, Joey Kramer, and Tom. And Joey Kramer's another one that I've never heard him do any other project other than, right, right. you know, Whitford has and, and Perry and, and Steven currently. But, um, what I really love about Tom Hamilton doing these Thin Lizzy things is not only like, wow, look, Tom's like, you know, doing something different first time ever, which is, you know, pretty hard, you know, earth shaking for me in my world. And it also makes me extremely happy because this is a guy that's gone through so many cancer problems with throat cancer and he talks weird. And he's like, you figured, man, that, you know, he'd be laying low and, you know, taking it easy just by him going out there and playing with Thin Lizzy. Makes me feel like his uh, he, he probably rebound in, uh, in perfect health. That's what I'm hoping, and well, yeah. that's what that's what I first thought of. I go, Tom Hamilton, boy, he must be feeling great, and I love that. Well, I, I love that he's not sitting around waiting for fucking uh, uh, country Steven Tyler and the Fish to fucking get done with their shit. Because I'm so disgusted with this fucking country shit that fucking Steven Tyler is doing. It's so fucking despicable. I heard like the one song absolute fucking trash it's not country it's pop country and to see tom hamilton do something and do something with such a legendary band and well i mean first i mean we gotta be serious here i mean calling this shit thin lizzie at this point is getting really fucking thin because yeah what now, happened what happened to black star riders well people don't pay for black star riders like they're gonna pay for thin lizzie and they not, still got that singer of thunder Yes, they still got Ricky Ricky Warwick or whatever. Uh, they still got the same singer from Black Star Riders, and that was doing the last incarnation of, of Thin Lizzy. But it's really like, to me, it's. I mean, God damn it, you know. I mean, I, I'm happy for our friend Darren Wharton. Nah, I, I, I love it, dude. I don't mind that because this no, no. is not this is not a band recording new music under the name Thin Lizzy. No, and, I lo I love it, but I wish like you know. Eh, at least have Brian down. I mean, where's fucking Robo? Robo should be part of this. Robo. Well, yeah, but that guy's a flake. Yeah, you can't yeah, blame. I, you I, I mean, he is, but I mean, could you imagine if you had like, you know, if because these people are still alive. That's what really bothers me. You know, have have Robo, have Scott Gorham, have Darren there, have Brian Downey. You know, you know, and and then John Tom, Sykes. You know, or John Sykes. You know, have have. And then Tom Hamilton, that would that would be to me that would be more sincere. I mean, now it's it's really the Scott Gorham show, and it has been for a long time. But the bottom line is, P 
people get to hear this incredible library, or as uh, Justin likes to say, canon of songs. You know. You know, my point is, and and it's just, dude, it's just reality. Uh, Scott Gorham, uh, before this whole Thin Lizzy thing, had a band called Twenty One Guns. You ever heard that band? Uh. Uh-uh. Great band. Great fucking band. But it doesn't matter whatever Scott Gorham does, it's gonna be under the radar. The guy needs to eat. He needs to do his money. So there's money to be made with the Thin Lizzy name. Whether the fuck he's whoring himself, whatever. I will pay. I will pay money to go see Scott Gorham play Thin Lizzy songs with a tribute band that features Tom Hamilton. That right. features fucking, uh, what was the drummer again? Tra- uh, Scott Travis. Yeah. You know, our friend Darren Warren. I get to see him live. You know, I would love that. You know, I... I'm not this guy. I, I, you know, for me, it's like to go see a tribute band with no original members. Like, you know, just a regular tribute band. Right. That is something that doesn't really tickle my, my sphincter. Well, well, I mean, like, um, before Alex Mark, who who was the original drummer of the Thrasher Die? Darth Vodka. Darth Vodka. That's uh, his real name. I saw the person. To, to me, I mean, as much I want to hear these songs, but it would be like Darth Vodka's Thrasher Die. Oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> I'd be so curious to see who the fuck does my vocals on that shit. Steve Souza? <laughs> uh, I think it'd be Axl Rose. Yeah, right, yeah. Brian Johnson. <laughs> but you know what? I would love that. You know, I, I, I always had this little... I would love to see if Thrash or Die can go on without me. I would love to see somebody sing Dr. Fuck Dog. There was a guy that wrote me. He never did it, man. He, he said he was going to play Fatal Fury live and send me a video, and I never got it. So I would love to see somebody cover I, up. I, I heard he was going to do a superior version, too. <laughs> yeah, but he's too busy making superior sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I love, I love, you know, I don't mind a tribute band that would have, like, some original members. Or, I mean, even Scott Gorham's not an original member, but... A member from a classic lineup. You know, I'm fine with that shit. Look, Deep Purple, you know, is like, what is it? Two out of, no, three out of, well, actually one. Only one original member, but three from the classic lineup. Right, but it, but you know, it's, it's like almost like, okay, uh, you know, Skinner with just fucking, uh, you know, Rossington. Or, Which is you know. the case now. And I love that, though. I would go see that. It's long, but here's the thing, and I know it's going to sound bad, but I don't want to hear new songs from these bands. I want it. I, I want to go for nostalgic purposes. I want to see Johnny Van Zant just sing Ronnie Van Zant song. Period. I don't want to hear anything off Leonard Skinner '91. I know they're good albums. I've heard them. You know, Smokestack Lightning. Just a right, shot. You know, right. I know some of these songs. They're good songs, but that's not. I would still go take a piss break and and, right. and just wait for Give Me Back My Bullets or, or, or Ballad of Curtis Law. That's what I want to see when I go see Skinner. Shit, throw out four four walls of Rayford. Play something that the original Skinner never played. You know, I would love that, and and, it's, and I would still walk out of the show going, "That was great," but I still I didn't I didn't see fucking Leonard Skinner, but I saw a great tribute band that featured. You know, I saw Rossington Collins band, and that that was Leon Wilkinson, Billy Powell. You know, it's pretty much. More than fucking Skinner's ever had since the '97 reunion, where I mean the '87. Oh, I, I didn't know they were in Roston Collins. 
Yes, Billy oh. Powell and Leon Wilkinson were in Roston Kong. The wow. other members that weren't in were the ones that died in Artemis Pop. Oh, wow. I didn't I know mean, that. I could be wrong, but I think maybe even Bob Burns was in the band. Maybe not. Maybe. Oh, wow. Wow. But yeah, yeah. And I saw them at the Miami Baseball Stadium. And what was so beautiful about that show, they didn't play no Leonard Skinner till the very end. They played Freebird, and they only had a spotlight on a, on a microphone with nobody singing. And they played Freebird with no vocals. I did see Molly Hatchet with the original Roadie. <laughs> Molly Hatchet, I believe, I think, uh, oh my God, I can't remember which of the two guitar players died. Yeah. Uh, but there were, at one time, they were touring with no original members. And the guy that owns Molly Hatchet is the guy that joined Molly Hatchet on the third album. Right, right, the guitar player. Yeah, yeah and he, well, no, I don't even think he was on the third album. He, he his first... His first uh, appearance with Molly Hatcher was actually on the Danny Joe Brown band. Right, right, right. No, but yeah, I know what you're saying. He is a guitar player, but yeah, he owns the rights to Molly Hatcher. Yeah, it's crazy, you know? And Danny Joe Brown, just a little side note, I, I was at Danny Joe Brown's funeral. Really? True story. You know how he died? Diabetes. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I well, that, and, that that's why he quit originally was was, was uh you know he, he did come back to Molly Hatchet but Yeah, that was great uh, too. I saw that too as well. He, I saw the original Molly Hatchet too, man. Open for Bob Seeger. Amazing. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. I I saw both those bands open up for uh Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yeah, it was uh flirting for disaster, flirting uh tour opening for uh, Bob Seger at the Miami Baseball Stadium. I got, and I was all the way up front. Back then, they were known as the Guitar Army, where all of them would line up in front of the stage. There was like six of them playing guitar. It's just ripping. Like, you ever heard that song by Molly Hatcher called Boogie No More? Yeah, oh yeah. Holy fuck, man. You talk, man, everybody out there, man, listen to Boogie No More on YouTube. That fucking guitar solo at the end when they're all going ape shit. I love Southern Rock. See, that's another thing I want to do. I, I'm so drunk right now. When we're done, I'm going to listen to Molly Hatchet. Yeah, gonna, put on the I'm, first The first two albums are chock full of classics. I'm going to listen to some Gator Country. The and... Creeper. <laughs> yeah, Creeper. Dreams I've Never Seen. Oh, Bounty oh, Hunter. Their cover of Dreams I've Never Seen is amazing. Yeah, dude. And fucking Whiskey Man. Come on, Whis dude. Whiskey Man, don't you <laughs> 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 Fucking awesome shit, man. Love, I'm a big, big Molly Hatchet fan. Love. Oh, dude, I, I got so pissed. I, I went to uh, the Brevard County Fair in Central Florida, and uh, it was uh, uh, Molly Hatchet and Blue Oyster Colt. And Molly Hatchet went on so long that uh, BOC had to cut their set list short because there was like a, a time cutoff, and I was so pissed off. I mean, Molly Hatchet sounded great, but I was there to see BOC, you know. But uh, but uh, well, cool man. Well, hey Ian, you know we've gone on so fucking long that I think we already did the news segment in one city. We well, were planning on doing this on more than one city, but I think we can release this this week. Hey. Possibly tomorrow, whenever the fuck, you know. I'll send it to you. Maybe uh, maybe we'll air this before the best of part two. You put it up, I'll load it up, and we'll shoot it out. Yeah, we'll shoot it out. We'll let the people know we got a news segment. A yeah, really it's a good one. And we haven't even tackled all the other news things, right? It's the new special spectacular part dose. Exactly. So, um, 
That's so, Spanish for two, by the way. So, yeah, so, that, you know, we'll do whatever's left over the news, like, later on and tack it on to the next episode. There you we're go. Gonna, we're going to put out two of them. There you go. All right, so, uh, so, uh, anything, any closing statements? Yeah, I got a piss. Yeah, me too, man. All right, goodbye, everybody. Good night. <laughs>